Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we review movie trilogies and decide which film is a scruffy-looking nerf herder. Joining me today... I am Luke Skywalker, and I am a Jedi, like my father before me. They call me Old Ben, and you don't know the power of the podcast. Boys, it's Star Wars time. We're kicking off our uh, trilogy of podcasts for a trilogy of trilogies. We're going to review all the Star Wars films in release order, kicking it off with the OT, the original trilogies. How good are these movies? They, like, I'm going to go first because I love these films so much. These are some of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I have big memories of them from when I was a kid. Um, I still appreciate them a lot today. Watch them regularly. Boys, how did you enjoy rewatching Star Wars? Can I let you go first? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, Star Wars is the kind of thing, it's almost impossible now to separate the the films themselves from just the broader context, right? What they what they mean to you, the experience of watching them, how they've affected your idea of, I don't know, pop culture and just everything. They're kind of, they're in every facet of life and they're really mm-hmm. interesting. Like, watching them again, I almost don't even feel like I'm watching a movie. It's like I'm participate. it's kind of like with Marvel, I'm participating in something much bigger than this and it's like in one hand they're kind of sacred films the original trilogy yeah because like these are the you know these are the big dogs these are the originals that that define cinema for the next 50 years almost but on one hand it's almost like these films i don't remember them that well and i watch them and i'm like oh yeah okay i guess this is happening now but it's because it's it's just so ingrained at the same time when like star wars is more than just the story it's the characters it's the world it's the it's the it's george lucas it's um it's edits <laughs> I don't all, know. all the good and the bad yeah yeah, yep. but yep. They're, they're they still hold up for the most part. Like they're still they're they're just great comfort films. I feel like you can watch this and they're always going to be entertaining. There's always going to be something you enjoy out of them. They're never they're never a, a drag to watch. Even though there's parts that you know might slow down a little bit, and I'm like, I've seen this a hundred times. Okay, it's still like I can put it in the background and I will enjoy the experience. Yeah, no. So that's the thing. Like, um, I love Star Wars. I've I've always loved Star Wars. It was like. Growing up with the name Luke, I assumed my father was Darth Vader like all this time. I heard that line a lot. Like my dad uses that line a lot to me. Um, and like I've legit looked into changing my middle name to Skywalker because I'm just like, I want to be Luke Skywalker. Morgan, you know, it's just I've always loved these films. I think they're iconic. You can't separate what they did for sci-fi and what they did for all this sort of stuff in cinema. Um We'll get into it when we talk about it later. I feel like um, some of them don't hold up, which I found <laughs> interesting. Because as much as these are classic films, I feel like I don't haven't watched them that much. Like mm-hmm. I feel like honestly, I, I probably went a good fifteen year period in my life from when I'd first seen them and liked them and stuff before I watched them again as an adult. Where to the point where so many scenes where I remember the Family Guy version of that scene, like because Family yeah, Guy did yeah. one of all the movies, and I remember, yeah. oh, oh, that's 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 what they were ripping on in that Family Guy thing. Um, but Star Wars as a franchise, as a license, I love, uh, I love all, I love the shows, I love um, a lot, some of the new movies, um, and like when Force Awakens was coming out, I was super excited that Star Wars was back. Like it was yeah. a big yeah. thing that I had to travel to a different state to go to gold class. And it was like this big event. I was so excited. I got goosebumps. So Star Wars always had a special place in my heart. 
Now, as you mentioned, Conan, there's been there's been re-releases and edits and all sorts of horrible things done to these movies. Which did you guys watch it on Disney Plus this time? Did you watch the whatever the latest edit he's up to? So I remembered like months ago when we we're trying to figure out when we should do this. I was like, I've got to buy the is it the 2007 DVDs, uh, something like that. So I have them. Um, yeah, and they have an extra mm-hmm. disc that has the theatrical original cut on it. Yeah. And I knew, I was like, I, I have to get those DVDs to watch the proper versions. Yeah. And I I never did that, and then this came around, so I had to watch the Disney Plus ones. And, man, there are a lot of, there are a lot of scenes where I'm like, oh, that should not be in this film. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had done that. I wish I'd done that because I feel like most of my gripes that I'll get into is unnecessary CGI characters that are added in way later that I feel like there's certain ones that I feel like ruin characters. Basically, yeah. and ruin. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, there is yeah. there's a certain moment that's that's widely looked upon as ruining a character. I watched the Disney yeah. Plus version this time. I, I think this is the first time I've watched the full re-edit, or I don't I don't know what he calls it, the re-release. Um, normally, I watch yeah. the theatrical, the ultimate but... director's cut. Yeah, no, it's not even that. We'll it's get... not even a director's cut. It's the cut. It's yeah. yeah. They it's, don't sell the other cuts anymore. It's terrible. That's what I mean. To find those DVDs, like they're on it, you have to find them on eBay, and sometimes they're you know fifty, sixty bucks. Like yeah. they, because we don't know when they're going to come I, out again, right? I like, yeah. I feel like these films are like the perfect thing to point to as like a perfectionist who just can't let enough be and <laughs> just like keep going back and fiddling with stuff and yeah. just just leave it alone, George. Stop it. That's the like, thing. The the mythology around the creation of these films is I think that plays a big role in why they're so sort of culturally significant is there, there is this thing of like people look at other films and it's like, it's had the star Wars treatment and what they mean by that shorthand is they've been edited and changed and adulterated by all these different things. And Mm. everyone sort of knows George Lucas. Now he's synonymous with this weird sort of guy who won't let this thing go. And who's maybe not a great director, but also made one of these biggest universes and butchered it later when he made more films. Like, and even, you know, just the story of how they originally got made and the reason why there's all these edits coming in because it was made on such a low budget and time restraints and stuff. Like, it's just, it's fascinating the amount of, um, just one of the most fascinating, like, cultural artifacts of film history, I think. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of nice in a way that we have them to look back, to look at and say, don't, don't do this. It, it doesn't yeah. make the films better. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I guess we'll get into it as we come up. Do we want to start off with some stats? Okay. Yep. Stats, stats, stats. Can I can I just oh, ask? Well, Luke's, so, already, Luke's already done the dance. All right, all right, I'll no, do no, that no. all right. Well, all right. So, uh, <laughs> box office: the original Star Wars, uh, retroactively called A New Hope, uh, made worldwide. Let's go with the worldwide total: seven hundred seventy-five million dollars. Empire Strikes Back: five hundred forty-seven million dollars. Return of the Jedi: four hundred seventy-five million dollars. Which doesn't sound like a lot compared to some movies today, but. They are like, you know, they're in the top 200 odd of the all time worldwide. I bet they were a lot higher at the time they released. Um, I mean, widely considered some of the most successful films of all time. Yeah. I'm surprised. And, New Hope is the most. It was, yeah. it was a, a phenomenon and it got re released several times in theaters. Yeah. That's what I want to say. Like, I feel like I wonder what those numbers are really meaning to, like when they end, because these films have been re released how many times? Yeah, like, I mean, I, you have to imagine that's all, all the times it was released, but I don't know. Because I would almost, yeah, I'd find that almost hard to believe. Like, 
I guess I know, it's not accounting for like home release and stuff, which would no. everyone sort of owns owns copies but of these. I know, like with Avatar, when they've done re-releases, it's added to their box office worldwide total. Okay, because that's what pipped them over Avengers again. Was they re- did another re-release yeah. and put them over them yeah. again for a bit. I mean, if that's the case. Doesn't sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was like, yeah, those numbers are actually surprisingly low. I thought they would have been a lot higher. No, I mean, adjusted for inflation, the North American total is one point six billion. So yeah, okay. that's for a new now hope. That's for a new hope. Well, now, we're, now we're cooking. So that's very high up there, right? Um, now yeah. the other films adjusted for infla- inflation are eight hundred odd million, which is still very, very good. Um, yeah. Critical response: A New Hope ninety on Metacritic, Empire Strikes Back eighty two, and Return of the Jedi fifty eight. Fifty eight. Wow, <laughs> that's a. I don't see films with a fifty eight Metascore. I almost want to use the Rotten Tomatoes here because I like it so better, but we won't Rotten go there. Tomatoes? It's, ni- yeah, it's 92, 94, and then 82. That seems more accurate, almost. It's, that would be about my rating of them, I think, possibly. Mm. I agree with two of them, and the third one I would agree with the Metacritic score. So, But this is what I mean. These films can't be – you almost, you don't watch them just as a movie because if you break it down and you literally just watch it as a standalone theme – you could get really bogged down like, oh, the effects aren't that good. Oh, some of the dialogue's clunky. Oh, Mark Hamill's acting's pretty stiff here. And you could actually, I can see a lot of reasons why you look at one movie and be like, oh, that's actually not a good film. But these aren't movies. They're, yeah, they're something in But yeah. I, th- I think a lot of that criticism, like those criticisms could be applied to the first film, A New Hope, but it's the one that rates the highest. Like I think people viewing yeah. it, people viewing it just as a film at the time were absolutely blown away, obviously. Loved it, yeah. I don't know, then it's a, it's a mystery. I'm I'm very surprised that, like, Metacritic-wise at least, The Empire Strikes Back's not higher than that because I assumed, I thought it was the general consensus that Empire Strikes Back is easily the best. But I won't get into my spoilers for what I think the best, uh, but... Yeah. I think it... Yeah. I think it is. Metascore is always, like, a snapshot of history. So that's sort mm-hmm. of everyone at the time, right? And I think it's pretty common that once they start to settle and everyone sort of re- thinks about it a bit more, they realise, okay, it is. So I think you're right. I think almost everyone I've ever known or ever talked about it agrees that Empire is better. I guess everyone wasn't ready for that darkness back then. Oh, no, no, that darkness. What's up with this, this dark, dark ending? Where's all the <laughs> hope and all the celebrations at the end? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We need some songs. Mm. <laughs> are we, are we going to get straight into it? Are we going to run into the trilogy right now? Anyone want to talk about the trilogy in general before we go? I just wanted to ask, what, like, when did you guys watch these films first? Where you, Grant, you said you were you were a kid. Yeah, I think I was like seven or eight. I watched them at a friend's house. I remember yeah. them like, I don't know, we were out doing stuff during the day, and like when we get home, we're watching Star Wars, and I was so excited. And then <laughs> to just any time they were around, I was watching them. Yeah. So I have this like very distinct memory of being maybe six or seven years old and seen A New Hope in the cinema. So it would, it obviously it would have been a re-release at the mm. time. Yeah. Um, I believe my my brother-in-law at the time, or it was my sister's boyfriend at the time or whatever, took me because he's a big Star Wars fan. He's always known as like the Star Wars guy in our family. And I just, I don't even remember. I just know I saw like the scene of them jumping over the bridge um, with the stormtroopers shooting at them. I know I saw that as one of my first memories of like a cinema and I know I was super young, and I remember seeing that in the cinema. I remember seeing Phantom Menace when it launched at the cinema. I remember like all the, ac- the action figures being around at the time. I was mm. a young kid, and 
super excited to go see that. And obviously before that, I'd seen the old ones on VHS at home and everything like that. But yeah, yeah. definitely ingrained from childhood. Like, Because there was that, that 1997 re-release which had the first sort of round of effects. So that might have, you might have actually, it would have been seen, that, it would have been five. Yeah, you might have seen that in the cinema. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because I didn't see these films till I was actually like as a teenager. Um, I remember I saw Where? bits of, I saw bits of A New Hope on TV one night. I actually have this distinct memory of watching it and then I vomited that night. Not because <laughs> of a movie, un- unrelated issues, but <laughs> I remember. It's all part of the history was, in your mind now. Yeah, exactly. It's, it really cemented. That's my earliest memory of Star Wars. I think I, I just never got around to it for whatever reason. My parents didn't really like they're Star Trek fans, not Star Wars fans. So, so it was never. Had you seen like the prequels by that point, or do you mean yes. Star Wars in general? Okay. No, I'd I'd seen the prequels. So if was, I remember watching one of those when I was in primary school. Or no, I don't know. I I saw no, it would have been high school. I'd already seen them, but then I watched the trilogy properly. Like I sat down, and watched four, five, and six when I was like fifteen or something. Um, wow. That's great. Yeah, so I was actually yeah, very right. late late to the show, but it kind of speaks to it that it still holds a pretty. I'm not, you know, like one of those avid fans. I don't, I won't die on a hill to defend it, but I do still think it's really, but they're still great films and they're really valuable. I think mm-hmm. it kind of speaks to it, right? It's not just a matter of nostalgia. It's not just I saw these when I was a kid, so I love them. It's like no, you, yeah. I came to them pretty late, and I still love them. I was still sort of the, the inner child was still blown away by this when mm-hmm. I was a cynical teenager. So hmm, true, but yeah, I just. Conan, do you want to take us away on the synopsis for A New Hope? I'll do it. All right, A New Hope. So let me set the stage for you. The Empire is... No, I don't even know what the crawl says. Anyway, the Imperial <laughs> forces, under orders from cruel Darth Vader, hold Princess Leia hostage in their efforts to quell the rebellion against the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon, work together with the companionable droid duo R2-D2 and C-3PO to rescue the beautiful princess help the Rebel Alliance and restore freedom and justice to the galaxy. See, I find that fascinating that there's that whole synopsis and it doesn't even mention the fact that Luke needs to go to Toshi Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> so I was I was trying to find a synopsis for this and there's one that's like, it starts off with Luke is Luke is stuck on his home planet needing to go to Toshi Station. Like it literally started <laughs> off with that. And I'm like, oh, we, don't, we don't need all that backstory. It's that's unnecessary. <laughs> no. Oh gosh, um, yeah, I don't know. How do we start about a conversation? I, I love Star how Wars. these films open. So, I I've been unwell. I've got the Rona. I've been uh, binge watching. C, uh, what is it like? CGI artists react. Do you, do you guys know that that channel? Yeah, and they Corridor they, Crew. Corridor Crew. They did a um, they did a Star Wars one, and they showed the effects that they used. Um, and I'd been thinking about special effects a lot, and then I watched these movies, and I thought it's so smart that this movie starts off. It starts off with humans. It doesn't start off with puppets. It doesn't start off with any aliens. It starts off with people, ships, and robots. All things that they can do really well with the effects they had at the time. Like as good as some of the puppets are later on, they definitely stick out as odd. They catch you off guard. But if you start yeah. this out with the ships, you started out with people. You started out with the robots. You get a really like it feels like you're in outer space without sort of taking you out of it, out of the, you know, the realism of it, I guess. And, um, yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know, I really appreciated how it starts off with R2-D2 and C-3PO, you know, trekking across Tatooine, and then they slowly, increase, in, like, in, uh, introduce the Jawas and stuff like that. And they, they're characters that work pretty well because you can't see faces or anything like that. Um, just, yeah. I don't know, it felt really, really smartly 
designed to to draw you into this universe and be like, what the hell is going on? There's like, I I, yeah. I could imagine this. I mean, this blew me away as a kid. I can imagine audiences in what 1977 or whatever it was just being yeah. absolutely blown away by this movie. That yeah, hundred percent. And it's done so well because I think you know, like being so different to what was popular at the time. If you start this movie with a blue elephant playing the drum, like the drum kit and like yeah. Max Rebo, if that's the opening scene, people are going to hard yeah. bail out of that. People I'm aren't going to take that I'm seriously, done. you know? Yeah. Um, but no, that's the thing. It, it starts very um, human-like and practical effects, like the robots, you know, it's humans wearing metal suits by walking yeah. around. Like it's – and – that stuff still stands up. <laughs> like, you know, it's not 100%. like C-3PO looks so bad because it's not. Like, it's there. He looks like that. So, it's, yeah, it, I I really like the whole intro of this. It's, um, you know, especially, like, as a kid, like, there's the classic thing of the, the two the two moons or the two suns or whatever yep. you want to call it. Like, it's that. That alone, it's like so so iconic, and obviously, kids these days are spoiled with what they see in sci-fi. But that's like this whole thing of like this is a different world. Like you don't see sites like that, and that's what this planet sees. And it's just yeah, yeah, it's a really it, good way to start the film. It does a great thing. Like speaking on that point, what it does really well, I think, is it's always like one degree of separation. It's it's familiar enough. There's a there's a term for it that someone coined. Um, I think it was a film store or something. I can't remember what it is. But it's familiar enough that all of it makes sense. It's not a blue elephant playing drums. It's not this bizarre thing. It's there's a human, but something's slightly wrong with them. Yeah. There's a sun, like it's a sunset over a desert, but there's two of them. There's yeah. a yeah, there's these little guys who are obviously human-y, but they're a bit weird. And so it always it sort of like raises a question in your mind of like, okay, I'm intrigued. I want to know what that is. But you always know well, the storytelling is very clear and concise. You always know the jails are scavengers because that's all we see them doing. Like, we know the robots are lost because they're in a whole desert. Um, even, like, the opening part, you know, you're in this white station and you see this this very clear basic battle and then this black figure emerges, completely draped yeah. in shadow. And it's like, okay, I, this guy's literal evil. I've got it. Yeah. I, I know that. What an intro yeah. for a character. One of yeah. the best. And, yeah, it's just... A, sorry, you go. No, no, you go. I was just getting a gush about Darth Vader. <laughs> like, how cool he looks walking in with all these yeah. goofy people with their big helmets on. No, let's 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 do that. Like, is Darth Vader the best villain of of all time? I mean, let's not go that far. But uh, he I, could, but he could he could be right. I think it's a very yeah. Like, I definitely think he can go that far. Like, from his intro to just like how ominous he is, like the breathing, like just all mm, yeah. these things that just go together to give iconic. Him... I'll, I'll take that he's like the music. The most iconic. Yeah, yeah. John Williams' score is um like that dude That's... is. Yeah, um, a genuine genius. There's no other way to put it. Just so iconic. Yeah, no, it's and that's the thing. Like speaking of the opening, I thought you we were going to touch it, but just like the whole unique thing of this like scroll, like this text scroll that just gives you like this is what's going on. This is what this world is like. Um, with just you wouldn't think it's like interesting, but it's so iconic. And that's Star Wars. Like no, I don't think any film now could just get away with like having their like this blast of music with their logo popping up and then have like a scroll of text that you read to like yeah. introduce you to this film or whatever. Um, yeah. But it works. Like every Star Wars film, you're sitting there like waiting, like, okay, yeah. there's the there's the, the logo. Now when it's going to kick in, here we go. Like it started. It's, yeah, yeah, it's great. Or if a film ever did it now, just like, oh, they're parodying Star Wars or they're mm. Star Wars. Like Star yeah. Wars own, they have the entire lease on, on text scrolls, which... 
It's probably good because they're they're super campy when you think about it. Yeah. But it's kind of the fun. These these films are campy, right? There's a lot of shock to them. There's a lot of goofiness, but they're also really earnest and they're also really I don't know, they 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 mash genres really well. Like the all the stuff on Tatooine, it feels like a Western, right? Mm. It's yeah. really got that Western vibe. He's this he's this farm boy. It's got that old samurai vibe. He's like a it was like all these old like films and TVs that George Lucas grew up watching. They've kind of shaped this. Um what is it, the Adventures of Flash Gordon, all this stuff like that. They're kind of these sci-fi westerny things. They've got all that in it, but then you've got clear sci-fi in the opening scene. You've got a romance plot that comes up later. You've got all these great genres that are that are mashed in, and so it's like everyone gets something out of this film. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, even looking around. Like some people don't even regard these as sci-fi films. They call them fantasy just because they like they don't deal I mean, with hard sci-fi issues, right? They're not looking at the effect of technology in our lives in a hundred years or anything like that. Yeah. Like it's it's a space it's, it's space opera, you know. It's yeah. If we want to be correct, that's yeah. It's not a science fiction film. Yeah, but it's a lot. I'm not it's, argue that. But it's a lot more palatable too, in a lot of ways. Like it, it reaches yeah. a wider audience, and I don't know. I still call it sci-fi because I love. I just I don't. Know, I just love these movies. It's got that aesthetic for sure, but um, and yeah, I mean, there's not really much of a point to really argue it unless some no. jerk comes up to you and is like, "It's hard sci-fi," and then you can argue. But yeah, if someone's enjoying it and they're like, "I love sci-fi because of that," just let them have it. Yep. Yeah. Don't actually them. It's fantasy. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah, don't be that guy. So, should we just talk about the plot and stuff? Yeah. Can we go for it? Okay. Um, one thing I want to touch on, like, I'm not going to criticize these films too much. It's just more when we'll, you're watching we'll something oh, that you've seen so many times, you usually tend to focus on, like, when you're critically looking at something, you usually tend to write down the notes that of stuff that bothers you or like that. Man, Luke's really not cut up by the people that raised him being burnt to a crisp. Yeah. My, like, my biggest takeaway as well. <laughs> these people, legit, as we know from the prequels, raised him from birth till now when he's a 17-year-old. He comes home to see their like mummified skeletons burnt to a crisp, goes back to old Ben, and he's just like, there's nothing here for me now. I want to follow you and learn to be a Jedi like my father. And then like Ben dies, and he's like, no! He's like so much more cut up about this old hermit man that he's met for a, a day or two. It's just there's a I weird mean, disconnect there. And I know it's his uncle and aunt, but they literally raised him as if they're it's his. Yeah, child. it doesn't it's doesn't bit, matter if it's just his uncle and aunt. It's still yeah. no, it should be pretty cut up. But I understand it's just like move along. Like we don't want this whole thing about him being depressed, but it's it stands out. I feel like as this thing that he doesn't really give a shit. He doesn't cry. He just goes back and he's like, "There's nothing here for me now. They burn all my shit." He, like, was, he, he looks. He looks at the dirt and then looks up and it's like I've I've grieved. Mm. Uh, Time for me to be a man. <laughs> I'm I, moving on now. I don't think it would have been that hard for him to put a bit of a I don't know, do it in a montage or something, but just show a grieving process of some sort. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like fight dancing out. In yeah, the desert. I'm not talking about like a rocky montage. Looking out a, you know. a rainy window, just hello. <laughs> is it me? And then he like oh. is now is that just. They probably couldn't do much with young Mark Hamill because he's not much of an actor in yeah, his original films. So let's talk about Mark Hamill. Like, should we talk about him now? Yeah, yeah, because I... it's in my notes here. So all right. all right. So Luke, you you don't think he's a good actor? Because that's um... my takeaway every time I watch these films. I'm like, is Mark Hamill even talented at this point? Is it George Lucas's so... crappy direction in the first film? I don't know. I think obviously he's very young here. Like Mark Hamill's very young here. I don't know of his acting experience before this. I don't think there was much um, from my knowledge and memory or whatever. No. 
I'm I'm not going to say Mark Hamill's not a great actor because I've known him in roles now, especially voice acting roles, where he's really no. good. Um, in these films, he's he's acting is very stiff, and he's very it's very like very um yeah you can't buy into it. That's something I wrote down two notes of like Mark Hamill's not a great actor in these films, and holy shit, does Harrison Ford really make these films because he's a damn star. And the yeah. second he's introduced, it's like, okay, I'm on board for this this like sci-fi western adventure. Yeah. And he just oozes charisma, and he's charming and charismatic. And so, like, I really feel like as much as this like Star Wars is Luke, Han Solo is like the heart of these films. I really feel like so. He he really is. That was my takeaway too. Like, he yeah. really, uh, he is the character you. Uh, that there's a reason why he's the character that stands out from these films. Like people don't yeah. love Star Wars because of Luke, unfortunately. No. Like he's fine. I don't think people dislike him, but people love Han, and it's just so obvious yeah. why. Like he's just so well played by Harrison Ford. It's interesting to see Harrison Ford now. Like he does not. He never cared about Star Wars. No, at no, all. Like he really doesn't. I mean, he he doesn't seem to care about any acting. Like he's just there no. for them, and that's fine. Like people, he's still good at it. But um, it's just fast. Like it's interesting because you you tend to overlay your love of the character onto him, but doesn't yeah. doesn't just doesn't work, right? Like no, that thing. I you got to separate the R from the R's because you don't want to be like. I've seen people like meet him and interview him and be like, "Oh, so who shot who shot first, Han or Greedo?" And he's like, "I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the f you're talking about. Like, yeah. What do you mean? Get a life." It's like, yeah, he's got he's got that old movie star magic, right? He's just like, "I'm not yeah. a fanboy. I just turn up, look great. <laughs> I did my probably, job. I probably smoke a cigar afterwards." And I, don't know. I got yeah. paid. That's yeah, that's that. that yeah. was a job. Exactly. But... Like he's a he's a real man's man. How did you guys feel about Alec Guinness, his performance in these movies? Because he's similar. He's, he he very much does not understand Star Wars or did not understand Star Wars, doesn't care about it. He was just there doing his thing. But made the best choice ever. Like he got paid in marketing or something. Yeah, that's it? right. He got he, yeah. he got a percentage of the film's gross or something like that. Brilliant. Like yeah. one of the one of the smartest moves, which I don't even know if he was aware of or if he's like I, it was like a charity thing, but yeah. got it yeah. paid off for him. Wow. Because I think he was—he's very—he was very much a like a theatre actor, um, yeah. and doing this. I—I I, I really like him. I feel like he has this like wise sort of old man and sort of comforting thing about him. Um, but yeah, one hundred percent the same sort of thing that, I, from what I know, yeah, he didn't really care about the franchise or anything like that no. too much or the fan fan side of things. But yeah, yeah. like I don't think a lot of the actors. Even like especially coming away from these films, cared about it much. It's really kind of like a the franchise almost became a curse to all the people involved in a lot of ways. Like Mark Hamill, mm. his career really kind well, of um. It's that's just something I was going to say. Like you know when we're talking about the differences between Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill's acting and stuff, it's not like Mark Hamill didn't leave from this and get cast in heaps of different things and became a big star. Big Harrison nothing, Ford yeah. left and became Indiana Jones, like because yeah. of Harrison, because yeah. of Han Solo. It's yeah. And that's the thing. Like, do you reckon it's just because of performances, or is it? Because looking at this, I was trying to figure out if Mark Hamill, like, if he's attractive, like, if he was a handsome dude, was he just lacking like the genuine, basic, like, he's really sexy to sort of to to get through? Because Harrison Ford has that, right? Mm. So like, this dude's a stud. You could put a poster of him in your wall and you'd get it. Whereas Mark Hamill, I just, he's not conventionally attractive enough in any way. And I wonder if it's just because he's that 
is that why he never took off, or was it just because? I don't know. What do you guys think? I also think I think for the first two films, he's kind of whiny. <laughs> he's mm. kind of whiny. And, like, I mean, after that second one, he's got that whole incest stank on him. Maybe people just weren't. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Like, it's it's a whole different world with Harrison Ford. And, like, charisma and that star power um, is the main driving force behind that. Like, as soon as Harrison Ford's on the scene, like, that scene is his, you know. Yeah. And, like, I mean, Chewbacca steals the scene more than Luke Skywalker does. <laughs> Like, it's like, you know, legit. I, it's, yeah. I don't want to rip on Mark Hamill too much because I, I like, he's great. He, but, yeah. and he, grow, he grows into the role. I think you see him in five and yeah. then in six. Yeah. He's definitely better. And, yeah. oh, you're right. He's a, he's a young actor still. He's really finding his feet. And I do think, like, that scene with his, with his, uh, with his uncle, I'm like, surely, like, Lucas at the time should have been like, no, give me some emotion. Like, I can't imagine either of them were working properly that day to have that scene. <laughs> right? It's just, it's not good. He he's um, he's the only actor that you know loves Star Wars. I guess now, like he's the one on mm. Twitter who defends it and talks about it and interacts with fans. So that's the one nice thing about it too. But yeah, it is unfortunate yeah. he never never took off as a star. Yeah, because I think he did hate. Like I think he disliked it for a while because I think so. Obviously, wanted to have a career, wanted to be more than just Luke Skywalker. But yeah, he's really just. And it's, has lived that. And it's great that he's found his new sort of niche in voice acting because he's he's a phenomenal voice actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And same with um, Car- Carrie Fisher. Like she, she kind of didn't do much after this. Sort of has always been Leia, and it's yeah, yeah. I don't under- I don't understand her career trajectory very well. Like she, I feel like she should have made it. She's pretty mm. good. I think There's she's a pretty lot good of in these personal movies. Drama yeah, I know she had her. issues. True. So yeah, the, like, the coke yeah. nail appears in a few scenes in Star Wars. <laughs> Although I think every, everybody was doing too much coke. Yeah. In this movie. I say in the eighties, everyone was just doing coke. It was just it was Hollywood. But yeah, like yeah, she should have taken off. But I guess once you wear that bikini, you're never going to have a never, you're never seen off. as any. Yeah, you can never see as it being seen as anyone else. Um, so we get the we get the trip into uh, what's the what's the name of the town they go to? Is it Toshi Station? I don't know wherever it's they Moss, go. Moss Eisley. Yeah, Moss Eisley. That's right. And that's where you start getting all the uh, the, the CGI effects that don't belong. Jeez, they're bad. Uh, was, so, there, was there any that you guys saw that you liked, or was it just did it always detract? Because that's how I always feel about it. I like. I'll, I'll sound like a, a broken record throughout this. Like the CGI bothered me so much in this, because um, obviously they did this early two thousands when they were like, "This looks so good," and yeah. it doesn't look good. Um, and I feel like it ruins all the scenes that it's put into. Like legitimately it's distracting when you have all these practical effects and then all of a sudden there's one like CGI character that was made 20 something years later, pasted over the screen. Um, like there's a shot when they, when they go into like most likely and all that, there's a shot of literally like a leg of this big CGI monster that just walks mm. in front of the screen yeah. and Terrible. blocks the screen for like a minute or two. There's the one of like a robot punching a little robot down, like haha slapstick. You Another get... one of a big one standing up and knocking a rider off. It's just like ah, uh, it's Jar Jar. Yeah, comedy exactly. In there. You get a lot of that Jar Jar stuff. Um, yeah, that didn't really exist in these trilogies before. There's movies before that. That's annoying. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. There's like I watched a YouTube videos before that runs them side by side and compares them. And you see that, like, all the work has gone into the Moss Eisley stuff. Like, they've added in all the um, 
even when the stormtroopers are in the desert, they've added in a bunch of CGI beasts they're riding, and they're always riding yeah. the beasts. Yeah, yeah. and they're, they're all like there's like extra scenes, like that scene with the robot hitting the little one down. That whole scene is CG, and it looks yep. so plastic and fake. Yeah, and it's just it's just oh. not needed. No, it's it's, it's just not all of it. None of it adds to any scene. Like it actively they, detracts they, from. So the they movie. do add the uh, there's that that scene with um Han and Jabba. So that was a deleted deleted scene, a scene that didn't make it yep. one cut, and they add it back in. I so, kind of like the idea of having that scene there, but obviously it stands out like so a sore thumb. That scene I hate. That's one of the main ones I want to talk about because obviously, so this was a deleted scene of Han Solo and another character, not Jabba the Hutt. It was a human character that was basically telling him that Jabba wants his money. They were going and... to edit in a creature over him, though. It was going to be someone different. Okay. But still, so, because, like, I was watching a YouTube video because I was like, man, I like, this scene is weird. And it seems to be this big talking point. That, like, nobody knew who Jabba the Hutt looked like or anything until he shows up in Return of the Jedi. Mm. You know, there's all this talk. You owe him. He's got a bounty out on your head. Boba, Hett, Boba Fett's working for him. And then he shows up in the famous scene, like at his palace or whatever. And that's the first time he's in. This one, he's standing outside his ship, walking, chatting with him. Han Solo treads on his tail, which if you look at the original scene, he just walks behind that character. And when you pay <laughs> he they literally like pick up Han Solo's model and like so move him up and back down <laughs> over Jabba's tail to as if he's trodden on his tail. Yeah. It's so bad. And I feel like it takes away from who Jabba the Hutt is, makes him feel less threatening. So then two movies later, when he shows up again, he doesn't feel threatening now sit on, yeah. sitting on this palace. Yeah. You have this feeling like he's he's this thing that hasn't moved and he commands this town. Well, this mm. one, he's just like, hey, hey, Han, I will want my money back. <laughs> oh, okay, okay then. It's just, it ruins Jabba the Hutt as far as I'm concerned and it's completely unnecessary and, yeah, I'm pissed off about it. But, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, no one liked that scene. Like ever, no. all the edits that were made, no, abs- no one except Lucas thought that was a good choice. But um, I think it's, it's the common trend that we find in this trilogy, and it's what we've talked about in. So what I still remember us talking about in John Wick, there's that real sense of in the original cuts, under all the constraints, is a real mystery to everything. And Jabba, like you say, is a mystery. You have sort of two films where it's like Jabba the Hutt, who is this dude? He must be really evil if he's going to do all this stuff, and he has this, this reach. Yeah. And then by yeah. adding him in the first, and so it's it's a payoff in return. Because he, yeah. you finally see he's like, oh, he's this gross slug, but he's obviously yeah. so powerful that he's just he's a slug. But in this, you know, you see in this weird scene, and you have a, a badly CGI'd um, Boba Fett in the background, just because everyone likes Boba yeah. Fett. Yeah, it's just adding him to so many more scenes. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, I I agree with you 100. percent The scene because they're they're really friendly in that scene. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna get your money, and and Jabba's like, thanks, man, you're a great guy. Give me twenty percent, and Han's like, no, fifteen percent. And Jabba's like, okay, fifteen. Like, why is Jabba agreeing to this? He's a Han like fun. rubs his chest, like yeah. rubs Jabba's chest because the original human actors wearing like a fur coat, and he's like, mm. he's like patting the fur on him, and it's just yeah. weird that Han's like, hey Jabba, it's okay, it's okay, I'll get you your money. Yeah. Doesn't feel threatening then the next film when it's like, hey Jabba wants his money back. It's like, oh. Old Jabba, antsy. Yeah, and the yeah. next time um, I see him, he's he's frozen in carbonite, being kept as a trophy. Like, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a jump. It's a real um, jump. I just just want to quickly say, Millennium Falcon is such a cool name. I, I don't know why. Just even as a kid, that name was just like it has awe around it. Like yeah. Millennium Falcon. And this is the thing about 
George Lucas. He it's kind of the common thing that's touted. He's great at world building. He's great, great at creating the stuff. Like he, the Star Wars name trends that he starts are really good. Like Han Solo is such a cool yeah. name. Yeah. Like it's yeah. again, it's kind of it's familiar enough that it's almost like yeah, I can imagine someone being called Han, but not quite. And like Luke Skywalker, obviously, which is Skywalker is just... amazing. Like Obi Wan Kenobi becoming old Ben Kenobi. They're just really clever, good choices that I think do so much. Even Jabba the Hutt. That sounds really threatening. Like yeah. It's got the, it almost sounds like the Huns or something. It's all the naming and stuff. Stormtrooper, Boba yeah. Fett. Boba Fett, it's, yeah. It's, it's cool. Like, yeah. I want, I'm not going to hate on George Lucas for that. I just feel like he maybe got dementia later on, like really like, early, and started wrecking his old films. Like, And they were just like, stop it. Stop it, yeah. Grandpa. There's a <laughs> lot of issues. But fiddling with it. Is every time I watch it, I think that's why these are so endearing. It's because like, man, he just, the world feels so cool and... But the names are real. Like, names make a big, are a big thing to me. When you get a name that makes no sense, I, I kind of tune out. I'm like, no. Nah. You've obviously just put words together and been like, ooh, here's a cool name no one's heard of. But all yeah, the names yeah. in this, all the all the sort of the thought, to an extent at least, all sort of the surface level thought of it is there. I'm like, that's, it's a great world. You clearly love what you're making, George. Yeah. And, and we love it for that. Um, So, if to move on, but I just want to, I always forget because, like, I feel like A New Hope is maybe the one I've seen the least in my life. Like, I feel like it's the one every time I watch it again, I'm like, oh, that's right. I always forget that there's a Death Star in this one and, like, that this is where they <laughs> first destroy the Death Star. And, like, like I know I know that seems weird because then I feel like it's so weird to have two Death Stars and to do the same thing twice. I mean, yeah, that's and I'll get into weird. that later in the second one. But, like, I I, like, I remember this, this the second one they destroyed and – I remember Luke destroying and use the force and all that, but it's always weird to me that we, uh, when I'm watching the first one, Ben dies, they have that thing, they escape, and then like, okay, and now the March of the Death Star, I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm like, shit, that's in this film. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, that's right. They build it again and do, do it again in the third one. But I mean, if you're going to build one, why wouldn't you build two? Yeah, I guess so. How, do we, how, uh, how bad is the fight between Vader and Obi-Wan? It feel, okay. like it's unfortunate, but it feels really, really lame. I've seen some fan edits recently that are really, really cool. Super cool. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, like, but <laughs> yeah. I um, I watched this with uh, my son. Like, this is his first time watching these films, and yeah. he watched all of them with me. And legitimately, there was a part coming up to that fight where I was like, I wonder if I could just skip over to that YouTube video of that <laughs> of this cool fight. Show him that, because this will be his first lightsaber fight that he'll see. Yeah. And he'll be like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> And then I'll go back and finish it with his death scene. I I feel like the fight's a little lame. And I, no matter what, I know like it's, it's, it's a very old and everything. I can't help but feel like the whole thing of him just disappearing and the cloak falling is lame. Like it mm. has no impact. Like when I watch that, I'm not like, oh, no, he died. I'm like, ah, magic trick. Yeah. And especially <laughs> the Darth Vader like walks up and starts like tapping at it like, hey, Where'd you go? Like, it's, <laughs> it seems weird to me, but I know it's like a choice that they made and he's becoming a force ghost and yeah. Yoda does it as well. And I get that. It just, it feels very, doesn't feel weighty to just be like. But Anakin proper yeah. dies later and he also appears as a force ghost. So Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, Thankfully, it's as a strange Anakin choice. Does. Yeah, well, I'm so glad that, that happened. Is, that's so good. I love seeing my boy. Not young, young Obi-Wan though. No, oh, we got to come to that. We got to talk we'll a lot that. about we'll that. that. Wow. <laughs> but Do you guys yeah, like? Oh, sorry, Tian. No, go. Okay. 
Uh, do you guys like the whole final sort of um, flight like scene with Ebb taking the Death Star? So I was just about to say, how good is the final final scene? Like, for oh, me yeah. personally, I really enjoy it. I think there's a really, really good building of tension where they, they, you know, they show these graphics of the Death Star moving moving into focus so it can can attack the rebels. Um, between that and what's going on in the ships with Luke and his team and making that one in a million shot, I think there's a really good building of tension there. And then um, it's I, don't know, I find it a very satisfying just destruction at the end too. Mm-hmm. I, I I do like it. I, I like it better than the one in Return of the Jedi. I feel like this is like the definitive blowing up the Death Star thing. Um, it has the cool the timing that it's it's you know getting into a position to do that. Like Grana said, I love the fact that like um, he doesn't use the sensor; he uses the force to make the shot. Yeah. And I love Han coming in in the Millennium Falcon to take out you know the behind him and like coming back when they'd all thought he'd left like as a hero thing, like you've got this Luke now take it, take it from here. Like yep. I love that whole finale sort of thing. The only thing is Chewie deserved a medal as well, but <laughs> yeah, Chewie, Chewie got wronged. Um, you didn't like it you... so much. No, like it is a good, like you're right. Like all of storytelling in this is really like, it's all really well paced and clear. Like you're there is a great build of attention and the whole time you're watching, you're like, okay, I know what they're doing. I know where they're going. I know how it's like how it's structured and what's going on. It's just not my favorite part of the movie. I kind of enjoy every. I enjoy everything before this a lot more. Yeah, I enjoy okay. the. I enjoy the westernness of the, of the rest of the movie. Fair enough. Um, we haven't talked about Han Han shooting first. Yeah, well. and we're um, gonna have to talk. about I mean, it. do we have to talk about that? Everybody knows, like his know, char- his character shoots first. Changing so it is not in the version I saw. Changing it is a sin. I mean, they what they change it to now? They shoot simultaneously. It's There's, so it's bad. Simultaneously, he's no, Gre- Greedo is slightly first. They made very sure that he is first, but it's close. <sighs> it's so stupid. And it, but it looks yeah. so weird. And that's the thing. Like to see the original version of him being like, boom, shoots him from under the table. Like cool, casual. Yeah, I'll shoot people. Like completely separates him from Luke and what you know shows what he's willing to do. Gets up, flicks a coin to the bartender. Like, Sorry about the mess. He's a gunslinger. He's Clint yeah. Eastwood. Yeah, and so having him react a split second by moving his head, then shooting straight after, takes it all away. Like, it takes <laughs> all of it away. It's like, think about this. Like, someone shoots and you can, like, time the bullet to dodge it. Han is force sensitive. He just doesn't know it. And the thing is, obviously, the explanation is they didn't want Han to seem like this cold murderer to shoot someone who had a gun pointed at him, like he was under threat and he was going to shoot him, yeah. you know, and Han's just too quick for that. They ha- they sh- they do that and edit that and ruin that, but have no problem with Obi-Wan Kenobi lopping a dude's arm off a second ago because of a fight in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's pulling a gun out as well and he's just like, boom, cuts his arm off. He's a <laughs> psycho killer who ha- we have no yeah. problem with, but this scoundrel, no, he, we need to make sure he's morally correct. You know, it's interesting. I was reading about how George Lucas obviously goes on to defend that a lot. And he's like, no, I always wanted, I always wanted Han to, to shoot like your second to shoot in response, but then they ended up, they ended up finding a, a replica of the original script dated from like 75 or something. So long before yeah. any edits were ever made. And in there, it says that Han shoots first. He's full of shit. Yeah. It's, he's full yeah. of shit. Oh, it's very, yeah. it's very strange. Like just, uh I don't know what's. I don't know why you would make that change and stick to that. Like die on that hill. What? No, it's he's, bad. He's, he's an odd cat, George Lucas. He's an odd cat. So. With, a, with a strange beard. 
Um, is there anything else we should talk about New Hope with before we move on? Or? No, I think let's get to the I'm ready let's to get move to on. Empire Strikes Back. All right. Yeah, episode five, Empire Strikes Back. <clears throat> Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Chewbacca face attack by the Imperial forces and its AT-AT walkers on the ice planet Hoth. While Han and Leia escape in the Millennium Falcon, Luke travels to Dagobah in search of Yoda. Only with the Jedi Master's help will Luke survive when the dark side of the Force beckons him into the ultimate duel with Darth Vader. That's a good synopsis. Wow. That's a good movie, man. Yeah. Sure is. So six months ago, I saw this, the original like 35mm print in the cinema, and it was so much fun. Packed out cinema, <laughs> all, these, all these nerds around. Everyone's just super enthusiastic. I'm like, Wait, this like is... the original cut or? Yeah, like like yeah. the proper film print. So from like, I think it, I'm assuming it was the 70s because I don't think they made another film print. So it would have been from, sorry, 1980. Hmm. Like, because they sometimes do that. They like, you know, they send them out as little just special events. I was like one night here in a cinema and it was awesome. Um, So before we get into the like actual plot of the movie, I will say I feel like this is the movie that's least impacted from CGI edits and all that. And yeah. I feel like the only edits that are in this do actually enhance this film. So I know um, like they did a lot of stuff with landscapes and backdrops in this, um, especially on what's oh, Sky City or is it? Oh, Cloud City. That's Cloud City. Yeah. Like the whole, like the way the skies look in that, they redid that for oh, these yeah. ones. Like it's yep. much more, and it looks way better. Like it looks really majestic. Like it looks like this really, you know, upper class sort of place. Um, well, before it was very sterile, a lot of walls where they removed them and put the windows now to see the landscapes and everything. Um, I feel like that's that made it really good. And they just did small stuff like adding in doors at the top of the Millennium Falcon when Lando was coming up. Like it's small things where it's like makes sense for a door to open up, like, you know, for him to come out and grab Luke at the end. But yep. I didn't have any notes on this about CGI ruining scenes for me. And I took the least notes on this movie because it's the movie that I was just watching and just entertained by. Same. Yep. And yeah, it's always the way. If I have any no notes, it's because I enjoyed the movie the most. So yeah, I love this film. It's it's great. It's really great. Yeah. And like yeah, it's a it's it is really good. It's a lot of fun. But like you're saying it earlier, Grant, like and Luke, it's dark. Like it's actually a mm. it's a much darker term for the franchise. It's um it's sort of it's gone away from those Western roots and it's more of like a yeah, almost like a feel bad film in a lot of ways. It's really interesting. Like that's it's so endearing though. But um, mm. it's like it's kind of tonally shifting away towards the end. But I, something that I just love about it is again the original one. You had the desert landscapes, and then you have the space battle. And you sort of got these two massive set pieces. And yeah. this one, you start on an ice planet, right? And you've got yeah. like half the film on this great ice planet. Yeah. And then you go to then you go to a swamp planet, and then you got another interesting space installation. Yeah. Just. A really good knack of like settings like that. They they're different. That it's not just more desert. It's not just a boring like here's Earth planet. Yeah. No, here's here's something really exciting and different that we don't really again that we know we know what ice is, but we don't have ice that bad. Yeah. And it's just it's really cool. It's really fun. Um, you know, you see Luke obviously that great scene where Luke has to get put inside the the tonton or whatever it is. Yeah, that yeah. that always stands out. Like I mean, the whole Hoth scene is is great, but yeah. It's it's the same thing that like Grant was saying about like a new hope. Like I love the whole opening scenes, like on Hoth, um, them going out on a ride, like scouting, yeah. Luke getting 
attacked by a yeti out there like, <laughs> and then like hung up in a cage and the yeti's still scary man like yeah. he's sitting there just munching into these beasts and yeah, like eating blood all down his like mouth it looks way scarier than anything else they do and yeah that's really cool han you know as much as a scandal he's got his pay he goes out to look for luke yeah. um there's something cool about han using a lightsaber to like cut S- open the total yeah um it's 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 really fascinating, you know. Like I I really like that that they do that to survive, and then you've got the adats and like yeah, that's so iconic. Like to take I, I love, yeah, I love them taking down the adats. It, it's really good. Um, I don't know. It, it just really emphasizes the the rebels. Like they they're low on resources. They don't they don't really have the weapons that can take these down. They have to be smarter mm. than the enemy, and it's just yep. I don't know. I love it. It's so much fun. Yeah, like wrapping around oh, yeah. the legs and then then. Luke, like, jumping up in one. Oh, so good. Yeah. Are the, are the AT-18s the worst idea in the world, though? <laughs> Slow walking things with very long legs. Like, we have tank, we had tanks in the 40s. Yes. They also have flying wow. ships. Like, I don't know why they need them. It's, <laughs> like, it is, it's a poor choice by the Empire, but it's still cool. It's still really cool. Yeah. It's, it's to help them get through the snow, you know? It's like, just, yeah. But you, but you never even see them penetrate snow. It'd be cool if it was, like, like, that would actually make it really good. They're like, we need to deploy snow walkers. And, like, the legs go, you know, like, three metres into snow. It's like, oh, it makes sense. A tank would just sink. But instead, they're just... Yeah. I don't know. It's a suspension of disbelief for me. I'm always like, those make no sense. Yeah. But, and you can't even say, like, oh, they, they can climb over the snowy mountains and stuff because... Because they can't. They <laughs> blow up. <laughs> <laughs> but they are cool. They are cool. And the yeah. sound... Like, that's the thing. We talked about the music with John Williams, but, like, the sound in these films, like... Sound of lightsabers, the sound of pistols, the sound of yep. ships, um, the sound of the adats walking. Like mm. it's just all of it's so cool and like iconic, you know. And you hear that sound, you know what it is straight away. Yep. So even the true, um, yeah. even like the cockpit chatter, like back and forth between the different dudes and their ships and like talking to each other, it's so good. Yeah. And like the other thing that I always notice is like the the backgrounds really stand up. Like you get a real sense of speed of them flying around. Like it doesn't look like a bad green screen. Like some some do still today. Um, yeah. I, it's just all so well done. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Practical effects, they make all the difference, right? And again, it's kind of like a choice of necessity because you can't, you need to cut away from all the effects of them flying because that's too expensive and hard to do. Yeah. So by, show, by showing a close-up of their face, it actually saves you time, like the editor's time. And so that works great because you actually get a personal sense of who these people are. And, yeah. and that's the thing, like watching this, um, I didn't realize until watching this, like, there's that moment where the Imperial March theme kicks in for the first time because it's not in A New Hope and you hear it and straight away you're like, oh, yeah, like this is this is Souls. This is like the Empire. This is Darth Vader. This is so yeah. cool. And like that theme is so awesome. I love that theme so much. It is, it is so yeah. good. Um, that's the thing. I feel like everything with Darth Vader in this, um, we didn't touch on it in A New Hope. Um, Grand Moff Tarkin or what did you, the Tarkin yeah. do that is Grand going Moff off? Tarkin. but. Um, now that he's more of like, you know, the main officer in this one, um, I like seeing Vader with that and there's the talk of the emperor and everything like that. Um, what, what's your guy's opinion on Yoda? I don't I don't like, like, I don't love him. I think he's fine. Like, like I get what they're going for. Like, it's a fun, the first time you see it, right? Like, you don't know what's going on. He goes there. You think he is just some weird little hermit. Like he's. I don't know. He feels a bit like Jar Jar Binks. Though. Like he feels like he's supposed to be comic relief for ninety. I mean, how can he not be? It's, I don't know. Yeah, 
He is. Like he he totally is though, right? The, the tone of this film is pretty dark. Yeah. There you need that element to sort of offset the heavy handedness of like we're gonna die. We need a trainer. We'll die. So you have this little puppet there laughing. Yeah. That thing, because uh, like I touched on earlier, I felt like I went years without watching these, you know, and like <laughs> my main memory is of, of the prequels and stuff. And Yoda's always this like wise counselor in, in yeah. those ones, which is set before these ones. Obviously, he's just gone mad being a hermit all this time. Yeah. And then like it's, it's such a stark contrast when you watch all these films and he's in there and he's like, and he's like smacking Luke with a stick, like, I want your snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I love and he's like, he's, he's, and he's like a Muppet. He's like literally like a Muppet character mm. that's like crawling around and his little bum hanging out. He's like, yeah. it's, yeah, he, he, it's cute. And he's funny. My my son loved Yoda. So, no, that's good. but he's, yeah. he's, yeah, he's very Muppety. Um, yeah. Very Jim Henson. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. I, I love Yoda. I honestly think Yoda is one of the best parts of it. I think he, <laughs> I think he really, like, I think he really stands out. I think he's, because I think, like I said, you need that comedy, which he brings yeah. a lot yeah. to it. But I think there's, like, it's both really interesting having that idea of, like, after the reveal where it's like, oh, this is Yoda. You know, like, the whole, the wise man. You never you never He's... know the wise man because they're unassuming. They don't, they're not flashy, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But also, when you watch the prequels, I have an, another appreciation because he's so sort of, like, boring in the prequels that we'll, we'll get to eventually, where he's just kind of always like, oh, I'm wise and depressed because the Jedi are dying, but I don't do anything. And so to sort of have this idea that he's... he's priority when you meet him in this film is to just have fun and like he's kind of irreverent it's like he's a wise old man who just doesn't care about this he's like i'm just it's kind of cynical but it's in an interesting way where he's like he's not heavy-handed about it he's like i'm just gonna have a bit of fun because that's what i, I haven't seen anyone in 30 years like yeah yep <laughs> so like... he's, he's not gonna be like oh hello i'm like i'm glad he's not like i've been no. waiting for you luke skywalker he's just like he, yeah, he he's could, rummaging through stuff he could be obi-wan for 2.0 and that would be pretty dull <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's so interesting that like you know they make this choice with like his language, him just like to say sentences in reverse. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. like such this odd thing of like no, he's this you know grand wise master and doesn't he, he speaks backwards, yeah. basically. But it it's so iconic, you know. Like, um, it, and like that's the thing. There's so many quotes from him that it's just like it's iconic, you know. All of his yeah, lines no and try. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um. But he's scary in some scenes. <laughs> There's that scene where he's like, "You will be, you will be," and it's he's scary with the little Muppet eyes, and it's it's kind of horrifying actually. But <laughs> little Muppet eyes. I do like like I, I it's funny and like it stands out. But I, I do like Yoda. Um, I like him moving the ship, you know, and showing like, no, it's just all in your head. Oh, like, look legend, at me. Bro. I'm yeah. just going to lift the ship and move it out. It Such ain't a nothing flex. for me. Like, you're a little whiner, like, stop it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And Dagobah's just such a cool planet, like, a gross... Cool name, too, as well, like you said earlier. Dagobah. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really nice contrast to to what we've had. It's... um, Yeah. I love all these these planets that just have one biome. It's just, this is a swamp planet. (laughs) That's all there is here. It's just swamp. (laughs) Just ice. Just just desert. Yeah, because again, it's got that really clear sort of visual sense of like he's in he's in the pits, right? This is Luke's like dark moment where he's got to reflect. He's got to he's got to really figure out what he wants. And he's got to suffer through this training to become the the character he wants to be. And so it's in this dark, gross place. Like you really get that sense of oh, he's he's in somewhere bad. He's in somewhere dark and despairing. Like it's just good. Again, it's good storytelling. Like they they have great 
awareness of how to frame everything in this film and how to just tell it with with clear visual conciseness. Yeah. Oh, good on you. I, I really enjoy the other thing that's happening while Luke is on Dagobah is um, like the escape in the Millennium Falcon. They're flying through the asteroid field and they, they go down yeah. in the hole and get eaten by the worm. I don't know. I, there's some really good like space effects there. Like watching the Millennium Falcon fly through space looks as good as anything anyone is doing today. It's, it's phenomenal to me that it looks so good. Um, yeah. And you get some good Han and Chewie moments in there. I really enjoy, yep. enjoy that whole section. And I love Han and Chewie's whole relationship, relationship. and dynamic mm. together. Like it's so just, good. I love that he understands him and just like Chewie always just going off his head about parts of the ship being broken. It's just like, it's great. I love it so much. So, yeah. kind of strange um, how, sorry, I just wanted to, no, you me, how everyone's languages is in this is like, everyone speaks a different language, but they all understand each other and respond in English. Yeah. Like Chewie, yeah. so Chewie understands English, but he can't speak it. And Han can understand Wookiee. Yeah. I don't know. They're probably going the whole thing that everyone has translators in their head that they can understand people. Yeah. And just hear it all. I don't know. Because it, happen- it happens a lot. Everyone just talks in different language and everyone's like responds in another language. That would be the worst way to have a conversation, guys. Would be hard. Unless there is a translator in the head, which I think is, is that canon somewhere? I don't know. I feel like it is. I feel like it is. Or that I'm just thinking of one of the 50,000 games that yeah. do that. Yeah, it explains that off. Everyone sounds English, but they're actually speaking Russian. But um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, like they have C-3PO. Remember and they ask him what, he's like a yeah. translator. Yeah, translator. Oh, for yeah. Jabba saying like what Jabba's saying and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, I, I still think everything in like Cloud City is really cool. Like I love the turn with Lando, um, yeah. that opening shot of Darth Vader sitting at the end of the dinner table. Um, and Han, so Han, just cool. shoots. Han just shoots. Han just he shoots. He goes for it. Yeah. Didn't even wait for Vader to shoot first. To shoot. <laughs> he just started blasting. Imagine that. Um, in, imagine that in it. <laughs> Han's there waiting. Vader starts attacking. He's like, that's it. <laughs> um, no, but that's, 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 that's the thing. It's so cool to see Han confront Vader. Like, it's something... I don't know. I don't know if it's the whole thing with Harrison Ford again. It just feels so much cool. Like, oh my god, Han's <laughs> taken on Vader now. This is cool. Like, yeah. he's not a Jedi, and he's just going to pull out a gun and start shooting. Yeah. Um, you got What's Boba that? Fett just being cool in the background in this scene too. It's this is where Boba Fett was actually cool, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. No, notice, notice how they made him cool. They didn't make him a character. <laughs> they did nothing yep. with him. Yep. Yeah. That's, I know. I, I, I'm interested to talk about the Boba Fett in number six. Just why people like him so much. I mean, yeah. But that's the thing. Boba Fett in this is really cool. I like, there's this weird, like, respect thing between him and Darth Vader that Darth Vader won't, you know, F with Boba Fett or anything like that. He's just like, he has to tell him no disintegration. Oh, like, don't, like yeah. it's, it's cool. And, like, Boba Fett walks after Vader like, wait a minute, you can't do that. He's no good to me dead. What happens if this happens? Like, he's, like, confronting him. And he's yeah. cool, man. But... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Now he's got a New Zealand accent because they've added that in in, two, in the two thousands. But... I was going to say, so they've added that in, haven't they? It was yeah. It's Tamara Morrison now, who's okay. in Book of Boba Fett and who yeah, played right. Jango Fett. They redid yeah. all his lines, and if you look up on YouTube with the original cut, like the original voice, he's so cool. He's so much cooler. <laughs> like I, uh, I have no problem with Tamara Morrison. That's for another day. But like, yeah, the original actor was so cool. Like his voice talking was was so much more gunslinger he's got bloody mm. the the things on his boots like the little whatever you call spurs. them the spurs like it's, he's, such, he's so cool I, yeah. I love the bounty hunter get up in this in this just like he's got the 
He's got like a, a gun on one arm and something different on another arm, and he's got one missile. And yep. it's just like you can just tell it's like they've got a hundred different weapons. And obviously they yeah. go into the Mandalorian pretty hard, but yeah, they yeah, even have just... the um like the, the bounty hunter droids and stuff that they mm. like. They're all yeah. cool cat. They're all like there's so many background characters that become a thing. Like I don't know, it's for no reason too. Like I've played a lot of games, and they like you know he's Biggs and he's you know, Ad, Ad, Admiral Ak- Akbar, whatever his name is. Like, there's just so yeah. many characters that have, like, one line in these movies, but have become a thing since I mean, then. People yeah. want, like, Bosk, the yellow dinosaur bo- um, bounty hunter that's, yeah. like, with Boba Fett in that one scene on this year. People want a Bosk series. <laughs> like, <laughs> the yellow dinosaur. He's so cool. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, I, I love everything on Cloud City. There's the whole thing of, like, obviously, C-3PO being blown up, like, in a corridor. You don't really know what's happened. And then... Chewie puts him back together and puts him on as a backpack and his turn, head <laughs> yeah. turned around. And I love that whole get up. He's got him as a backpack. It's it's good. Yeah. Real bench bench. Chewbacca's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that this film has so much great character work. Like speaking of um, like speaking of uh, was it Orlando? That sort of thing. Like you see his turn, and you kind of as you're watching it all unfold, you see him slowly realize the mistake. Right, everything keeps happening, and it's yeah. like. And he's just like, oh, I've really screwed up. And then he turns back and it's like, it all feels earned. Han Solo's character's yeah. growth is great because he's still he's still torn. Like, he's conflicted. He's, he wants to go, but he obviously has feelings for Leia. He obviously yeah. likes Luke. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and you're constantly feeling him being like, oh, I don't want to be here to help, but I, oh, no, I've got to help again. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> you, you feel that tension where he, he doesn't know what to do. Just, yeah. Yeah, I know all the characters feel really good. There's real growth and stuff in here. And it's, it's Lawrence Kasdan doing it. So, yeah. I think he's just got that better sense of craftsmanship than Lucas does at writing characters specifically. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, Vader keeps altering the deal, um, like, further and further, like, no, now put them on my ship. And that thing, that whole, like, even just, you know, aesthetically-wise, that whole area where Han gets frozen in carbonite is yeah. so cool. Yeah. Like, it's like, what's what's happening here? Like, it's all dark, as you've got the red, like, lava-looking floor, floor sort of thing, like, through the metal grates and... He just gets dropped down. You have the awesome classic line of like, I love you and I know. Yeah. Like it's mm. it's so cool. It's so, so great. Um, and then yeah, he then he gets frozen carbonite and it's really messed up, you know? Um, and there's there's no like wink or nod that oh he's gonna be back, don't worry. Like because they didn't even know if he was gonna be back. There was no contract yeah. or whatever, like he wasn't planning on coming back. It's it just feels so dark. Like you you really feel yeah. like you've lost Han at this point. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And Chewie's reaction to it is great, and just, <sighs> you get the whole the whole fight scene with Luke and Vader in this location as well. That I think is much better than the lightsaber fight we get in the first. Oh, sure. New Hope, infinitely um, better. Yeah, Luke get, Luke loses his hand, and it's like holy yep. shit! Like he's yeah. he's actually deformed now. What's I mean? They kind of just write it away by but, giving yeah, him a robot in one. In five it's, minutes, I know. they totally undo it, which sucks. But but that obviously. Like, you know, you, yeah. I wish they hadn't even. I wish they hadn't made it look human hand as well. Like it literally takes it all away when it's just a human hand with this yeah. little flap that shows the electronics. Like yeah. if it was like a mangled hook yeah, robot it's hand, like three claws or something, right? It's just a lightsaber, um, lightsaber stubbed into his shot. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> gone full Evil Dead. Yeah, um, and obviously you get like the most iconic line of all time. Then right, cuts his yeah. hand off. Yeah, and it's like and yeah, it, and it's that it's reveal. Your father. <laughs> Man, it's... I wish I'd seen that in 1980. Holy crap! Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I um, I haven't looked into it. Like, I wonder. Surely there'd be videos of like film react, like 
audience reactions, but it would be so fascinating to see what people's reactions were when that happened because obviously like, it comes out of nowhere. I mean, people, I don't think any of it. People didn't watch other people react to things back then. That's the problem. That's, yeah. that's, no, a, recent, that's a recent trend. <laughs> Where's all the reacts videos from back in the 80s? <laughs> one, one dude down the bottom with a camera is like, this is going to be great one day. Man, one day I'm going to upload this. I'm going to go viral. <laughs> to the um, YouTubes. But, like, that's the thing. It's such a cool reel. And, like, watching it with my son for the first time, the whole time I was just, like, watching him because he was, like, enthralled in that whole fight scene once Han got frozen and everything. He was enthralled. Yeah. And just watching him and waiting for that reveal and for that reveal to happen. And my son had just turned to me like, like, what? <laughs> He's like, that's his dad? And I'm just like, yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to be like, <laughs> like, it was sort of this whole thing. He's like, what the hell happened? Where did it go from? Like, what's going on? Why is his dad evil? Why did he cut his hand off? But, um, yeah, it's it was, it's such a cool reveal. And it's so iconic again like everything so many things in these films are just legendary and iconic yeah. in cinema yeah but, but yeah kind of a dark ending to totally yeah like so, i mean uh, obviously we get luke falling and it's getting saved but it's still like it's bittersweet like yeah can you guys explain to me how that save works he does. falls down this endless pit and just somehow get conveniently lands in a tube does he get sucked in does he yeah he like in? Woo. i don't know it's weird <laughs> It's a fun. It's a fun slip and slide. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Yeah, I always yeah. took it as like a forcing of him guiding himself where he's fallen. But yeah, that's how I read it. This one, I'm like, he must have. He, might, obviously, he obviously knows. He just jumps off, and he's like, he's, yeah, he's putting bets on himself. So yeah. Um. So before we move on, can we just talk about not like obviously it's been joked about in um I think in the Family Guy one and other people online the fact that like Lando just steals Han Solo's clothes like the very next scene do you guys know this no i don't, I don't even no, pay attention that, to what the, in the, the far the far whole the whole final thing they gets in the millennium falcon saves luke and like the very next scene he's wearing han solo's like shirt and vest. <laughs> he's just like just taking he's just like yeah it's and it's not even like the next day it's like he's just <laughs> got he's like i'm han solo now in case they don't re-sign harrison ford <laughs> it's identity theft he's just like oh han's gone i can <laughs> I can get like, with that hot princess like, chick. Leia. Yeah. Because oh. <laughs> he clearly likes her throughout. It's me, yeah. Han. <laughs> but... You remember your friend, Han. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Chewie, it's me. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's pretty strange. But, yeah, I, yeah. I I think, like, this is easily my favorite of the original trilogy. I think it's peak Star Wars for me. Yeah. So. For sure. And speaks to it that Lucas didn't direct it. But I can't harp on about this enough. Lucas shouldn't be directing Star Wars films. Yeah. All right. Return of the Jedi. Let's do it. All right. Luke Skywalker battles Jabba the Hutt and Darth Vader to save his comrades in the Rebel Alliance and triumph over the Galactic Empire. Han Solo and Princess Leia reaffirm their love and team with Chewbacca, Lando Calrissian, the Ewoks, and droid C3PO and R2D2 to aid in the disruption of the dark side and the defeat of the evil Emperor. What? Mm. Do we think of this film? Griner, you're the Star Wars guy. Uh, look, I don't hate this film. I think it's the weakest of the three, obviously. I think they he he gets really silly in this movie. Like the Ewoks, there's a lot of Ewok stuff that's really bad. Like it's just not that great. It's a it's a weird thing to do, like to have them included in this fight. And then to have them be so over the top and so slapstick really sticks out like a sore thumb. 
to go back to the well and then having another Death Star kind of is pretty weak too. I'm okay with it. I've come to terms with it over time, but it's not my favorite thing in the world. Years of therapy got you here. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, the Ewok, there's lots of songs in this one and they're all bad. The Ewok song, <laughs> the original Ewok song is bad. The new Ewok song is bad. The original Jabba the Hutt pink freaky looking frog thing. Oh, terrible. Yeah, this is- this Terrible. is the same where yeah, there's that literally dumb song. Is it like the three dancers who are? Yeah. Oh, this I wanted to punch my TV when I was watching that scene. I was like, "What the hell is this doing here? It's so bad." So this is the scene. This is the movie. I feel like they're the worst with CGI stuff. Um, yeah. and a lot of it's Jabba's palace. Like a lot yeah. of it is in there. There's so much stuff that just it bothers me. And it was making me angry, like you said, Conan. You just wanted to punch your TV. I went on a, a rant in my notes. I'm just like, these movies have been ruined by George Lucas. Like, stop messing with it. Stop putting stupid CGI characters in front of the screen. Like, you compare the original Jabba's Palace scene to the new one. Yeah, there was this lady singing, and she was singing a different song that kind of seemed alien. This seems like a really – it seems very Disney. Like, it seems yeah. like this Disney song – and you have this stupid CGI alien with these big red lips, and yeah, they put her cool. right up in front of the camera. Like, it's just, like, it's staring you yeah. dead in the eyes, yeah. like, blowing your kisses. You have the other CGI, like, cockroach dude with a big nose. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then like, <laughs> and then she starts singing, and it goes for, like, a minute or two. Yeah. It's way worse than what was in there originally. The, the- it, it pink- stands so much out. Yeah, the pink alien was like in the original one. It just didn't look, didn't look as animated. No. I suppose. but yeah, no, it's so it the like original physical... song is the original song. I think is bad too, but it's kind of like seedy and and, and gross. Whereas it this fits is... Jabba's Palace. This yes. one does not fit no. something that Jabba the Hutt, crime lord of <laughs> most <Mos> Eisley, <laughs> is listening to. Dun, 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 dun. Like yeah, it's just it's bad. D- does not fit at all. Um, yeah, I just. I feel like they, they um, the Sarlacc isn't as threatening now. They put this little bird beak, penis looking thing sticking out of the middle of it. Like, have you guys seen the original shot? Was that, was that not in? No, I haven't. I didn't know that wasn't in the old one. It was basically the teeth on the sides yeah, okay. around this circle, and like right. they fell into this hole, and it like was munching in basically. Now they put that thing there in the middle, which. Is fine, but I think when you look at the original compared to it, it stands so much out as like this weird, like, I, thing that's like I always not... thought the, the beak was very strange. It was like, yeah. you've got a, you've got this giant hole like a worm. I don't know why it needs a beak. But... That's, yeah. Because yeah. then what are the teeth on the outside of the beak? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like got this beak in the middle and then all these teeth surrounding this hole in the ground. While <laughs> it's literally like a hole in the ground with teeth in the original one. It's much more threatening. I feel like you don't want to fall into it. Yeah, um, yeah. Instead of a parody, eating you, but um, <laughs> still, Jabba's Palace. Like, I, I still love the opening of this movie. Yeah, if that bloody singing wasn't in there with these CGI characters, it would really be a great opening act to this film. Um, Luke's introduction, the introduction of the green lightsaber. Luke yeah. in his new outfit, like he's a Jedi now. Like it feels, you know, he's completed his arc almost. Like he's yeah. come around and now he is a Jedi Knight or whatever, and saving. Um, Han Solo and like having this whole plan that everyone's broken in and or as you know you got Lando there as a guard you got Leia dressed up in this alien outfit who's bartering with Chewbacca the Wookiee prisoner and it's like yeah it's great I love all this scene 
Yeah. I kind of wish that Luke was, was his plan was a bit better. I would have just liked to see like a full on raid on the palace because he kind of gets caught and thrown in the pit. And then yeah, he's like, he does. What do I, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, I can't wish he just walked in and like had known that was going to happen. Just kills everybody. Obviously yeah. he's trying to go for that fun adventure, which you can't, but because Luke feels a lot cooler when he walks in, he's in all black. Yeah, he has yeah. a real confidence about it. And I say, oh, and he, he mind tricks the guard when he walks in. It's like, oh, okay, he's yeah. he's dope now. And then and it's then just wet. Get put down the hole. Yeah, Jabba's like, ha, ha, ha. Drop it. And it's all about Jabba. <laughs> still on my death trap. Yeah, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty cheesy. Mr. Burns. <laughs> a little to the left. Yeah. Why is anyone in the universe afraid of the huts? Can you guys explain to me how they became crime lords? They're slugs that can't move. They can't defend themselves. Like, like Leia, Leia just gets a chain and he just kind of sits there and goes, like, And his why? tail flaps around. <laughs> really gross. Like, why are they powerful? Why are people working for them? I, I always looked at it as, like, these, like, mafia Don bosses who are, like, these yeah. big Italian, you know, like, the, they've got power, but I guess they could beat people up. But they could actually, they've actually killed people. You know that they've, like, been scrapping before they were bosses. Yeah. They were doing hits for the mob. What was Jabba doing when he's a little slug, like, swimming up people's <laughs> sewers and killing them? It's like, I think, like, uh, there's stuff, they go into it a bit in Book of Boba Fett. Like, the huts are, like, it's like this family thing. Like, you know, you don't want to miss with the huts. It's like they're a family crime organization that mm. rule over these places and stuff like that, and their name strikes fear. But, yeah, Leia takes him out pretty easily with a chain. Like, it yeah. took took one of his slaves two seconds to wipe him out, but still. So so the huts are a name. They're not the species. Um, Basically, like, I think the hut is, like, that family. Like, oh, okay. I was just because yep, I know we... Bob of the Hut somewhere, and like, <laughs> right, and and dub, yeah, okay. Because I remember in in the game, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, there's another like slug creature, and I assume yeah. that was a that was a hut. Um, Not I from can't... what I'm understanding, there there's characters in Book of Boba Fett. Mm. They're referred to as the huts, but they're related to Jabba. Okay. Not to well, that, too much, but yeah. Well, that makes me that raises more questions because in the game, the giant slug thing is also a crime lord. So I'm like, it's just a special thing. Why is this species of slugs powerful? Every member of this species <laughs> is a crime lord, like what, on a yeah. different planet. And like, what about them? Is everyone's like, oh, we better work for those dudes? They're they're big. They're big. They'll know. roll over me. I always one an hour. Every, every time I watch this, I'm like, why isn't why is anyone working for this dude? They just feel like jump. Yeah. Give yeah. Disney give Disney enough time and they'll give you an origin series and then you'll know what's up. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think I think honestly I think it might be based on the Harkonnens in June. So Baron Harkonnen is this grotesquely huge dude who can't even yeah. move around because of his, his weight, and but he's like in charge of a huge powerful empire and there's sandworms here and stuff. So there's a lot of influence yeah. there. That's yeah, that makes a lot more sense. You can tell with the Sarlacc, it's definitely a sandworm yeah. homage. Yeah, okay, that, that makes a bit more sense, I guess. I suspect oh, wait, that's very good. That was after Dune? Yes. The Dune novel. Wow. Dune novel's in like 56 or 1960 or something like that. So. Wow, okay, cool. That's, yeah, I thought the influence was the other way around. No, it's a huge influence for these films, particularly Tatooine. So. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. I, I like, there's a really nice sense in it being the third film, like, that they go back to Tatooine. And I, even Jabba's Palace is kind of like a. It's the cantina again. Yeah. Like, it's kind of got that vibe. And so they're rehashing that. And even with the Death Star too, like, it's a good conclusion to the trilogy. They go back to where it all started. But it's all different enough a little bit that um, 
again, it's like it's not completely old. It's not just like retreading the same ground, but it's definitely like look how far Luke's come now. He's back on Tatooine, but he's boss. Look how look how everything's changed. Yep. So he's I'm not a little I, farm boy anymore. No. No. He's, did, he's did farming. He get, do you think he went but, back and saw the grave of his grand, of his um, aunt and uncle? Nah, he truly. <laughs> he's just like, hey, that place over there, my old home. That's where I used to shoot with swamp rats. Like, <laughs> doesn't remember Uncle Owen anymore. We never hear nah. about them anymore. <laughs> nah. I think he paves over it and builds a new palace for himself. <laughs> yep. well, um, um, just so obviously they really destroy all the coolness of Boba Fett, I feel like, in this whole scene. Um, Can we talk about his... Just talk about his scene. What does he do, Luke? So, okay. He sees stuff's going on. He initiates his jetpack, flies over there, gets knocked down by Luke, gets up, ties Luke up with a thing, blind Han Solo, goes, Boba Fett, where? Turns around, bumps into him, (laughs) sends him flying into a wall, where he flies in the the background of a shot, going, flailing his arms, hits a wall, rolls down and gets eaten by the Sarlacc. It's the lamest thing. It's the lamest exit for such a cool character. The fact that Han just like bumbling bumps him, he's just like, what? He's just like, Boba Fett, where? Where is Boba Fett? It it bumps into his jetpack that makes it malfunction or something. Oh, it's... It's not cool. These these this scene on these on these flying ships reminded me of like um, parts of the Caribbean where it's like Jack Sparrow just stumbling around mm. and making things happen for himself. Like it all just feels really silly. And yeah, Boba yeah. Fett. Boba Fett is yeah. He's got a jetpack. That's cool. Yeah. For a second, yeah, it would be if he used it properly. Yeah, more and it flew him into a wall. Um, we touched on before we started recording, but Lando's scream is hilarious to me. Every time I watch it, I can't just not laugh. <laughs> When the Sarlacc like, grabs his leg, he's just like, yeah! <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, and that's the thing, there's this little stuff they edited in this that I, you don't really understand until you, like, watch side-by-side comparisons. Um, like, with Han being blind and, like, shooting when Lando's captured, they changed the line of dialogue that he says in that. Um, and there's a few other scenes that they change the line, and it, I feel like they make it worse. Like, I don't know, um, like... In the original, it's uh, something he's like, you're blind. And he's like, it'll be fine. I'm a good shot. It'll some, he says something that's like witty, like, don't worry. I got this. Mm. And the new one now is like, it's fine. I can see much better now. Like, oh, it's like, yeah, it yeah. takes away any sarcastic, like, yeah, or anything. It's just like, don't worry. I can see good now. <laughs> and it, it's, it's um, <laughs> there's one other line as well. I'll just touch on when um, R2-D2 falls into the swamp at Dagobah or he's going to get eaten by that thing and he comes out. The original line is Luke says something like, oh, you're lucky you don't taste good or something like that. And then what they edited is literally like, oh, you're lucky lucky you got out of there. Or like lucky lucky didn't eat you. It's, like, it's just like the most basic yeah, like, line from like a screenplay or something. It's like, oh, it's wonder... really weird. It's interesting. I'll send you links later of what little yeah. lines of dialogue they just dubbed over with a new one. And I'm like, why? Like, yeah, what there's things like the script changes I don't understand. Like the effects, I get why he thought they were a good idea, yep. but script changing and stuff like I don't, I do not understand why you would like tamper with that. There's no lines that are clearly bad in the originals. There's never a moment where it's like that line doesn't even make sense. They're all they're all passable at, at the least. It's just, but he edits them weird. where he's just like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, weird it's like he doesn't understand that people love these movies as they were like. Nobody was asking yeah. for these changes. 
Yeah. No. I would no. love to tap. I'd love to tap into his brain and just see like what. Like I feel like it's some sort of like you said before. Like he's just going a bit mad, and it's like his desperate attempt to reclaim something. Where he's like, "This is me." Yep. It's like I. And I don't, I don't know why. I wanted that line originally, and everyone disagreed with me, and they're all dead now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go back and change that line. Like what I wanted. Yeah, I wonder if it's just that, or if it's like, yeah, these weird megalomaniac like ideas, or he's like, no, I am the god who made this world. I will smite it as I see fit. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, why, man? You have a fandom. People love these original things. Like, no one was out there saying, we need more CGI. Like, no. I'm seeing this as well. You get the emperor change. What do you guys? What do you guys think of that? The the editing the new emperor's face into it. Grana. I like the old. Like the old effect is weird and creepy, and like kind of has this. You know, it's kind of cool. Like it's very otherworldly, and you're, you're never sure is this a human or is it? And mm. now obviously it's just what's his it, um, Lan- um, Lance McDonald? Is it? Yeah. Sure. Let's go with that. I'll look it up. But yeah, it's just I don't know. Right. Ian, least, Ian, Ian, Mc, Ian McDermott. Yeah, McDermott. unnecessary. Um, like I get this is probably one of the ones that I don't have an issue with it. Like mm. I don't, I don't think it's necessary, but it does kind of have like the continuity, like continuity thing of it, where it's like kind of fits. I don't feel like it's too distracting. I feel like if someone was to watch this without the knowledge of previous, they were like, oh. Like they had the same guy, like through most, like through all of them or whatever. Like yeah. I, I don't feel it's distracting. It's not this big bloody big lipped alien like singing right in front of the screen. Like <laughs> it's just pasted over everybody else. Like yeah, I don't feel like it's too distracting. Yeah. So I don't have too much of an issue with it. Yeah, yeah, it's not distracting at all. There's never a moment where it takes you out of it. It's just um, I don't I know. S- we'll, we'll compare it to the to the Hans, Hayden Christensen thing because it is just like a choice. It's like it's reneging. What's the word? It's um. It's like editing backwards. It's retcon, yeah. Retconning, yeah. It's retconning that, and I'm like, I because I agree, the original effect is a lot better. It's a lot sort of more cr- just like weird and just kind of creepy. Like this is unsettling. Whereas this was just like, so okay, it's just a normal emperor dude. I so, saw a lot of discussion around it. Obviously, I feel like um, the old one looked weird. Like it, it was like you know they lot, looked a lot weirder and like because it's his eyes. He's got these weird, weird it, eyes. They know? used like um, a, a chimpanzee face or something. I can't yeah, remember exactly what it yeah. was, but oh, something weird. No, like um, but I feel like the voice itself, like the original voice, I saw a lot of conversations around it about people being like, it wasn't like that. Like, oh, this person's pure evil. Like his voice, it was kind of like, oh, this guy's like you know a politician or like the emperor. Is he evil or what's this? And obviously with Ian McDermott's uh, Palpatine, it's like, oh, he's pure evil. Like, listen mm. to his voice. Like, he's yeah. like, the way he talks and his inflections, he's just an evil, bad, big villain guy. But, yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, speaking of edits, though, that I do disagree with and that I find ridiculous, like Darth Vader's nose, like saying, oh, not his actual nose, him <laughs> saying no, no. Him sa- yelling no um, during the so whole lame. It's scene. So lame. Like, you watch it and you watch the original and it's like this suffering in silence thing of watching his son. He's torn like what to do, suffering in silence, watching this happen. And then just like, no grabs him and throws him. Yeah. It's so much more impactful than him standing there going, no, no, <laughs> no. And grab. it's like cheesy that now that scene's cheesy by him yeah. doing that. And it wasn't and again- originally. And it's like, why ruin it? Yeah, it's like with all the dubs, it just it very clearly says, like, we can tell that he's saying no when he throws the Emperor over the edge. We don't need him to say no 
Like, uh, why not just say I disagree with what you're doing? Like, it's yeah, it's what it would. It's I a perfect will stop moment. You. It's a perfect moment without <laughs> it, where he's just he's just like he does it. You see action. That's our yeah. point of film. It's an you see him do the actions. Like, cool. I know that he was upset, but there's yeah. just this. Yeah, it's a bad so, choice. Ewoks, Griner, what's your opinion on the Ewoks? Terrible, 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 terrible. Does anyone in the world like the Ewoks? No. And I think the people who played them were treated pretty poorly, is my understanding as well. Like, I think that the whole situation with them is just bad. Like, shouldn't have been done. Wasn't great. They don't add much. Like, they're little teddy bears that are, they feel very slapstick. Oh, yeah. Like, the way they, they take down these big machines, like, with logs coming in and smashing in between stuff, like, it's like, it makes the Empire look stupid. Yeah. And I feel like it turns the fight from Rebels against the Empire to Ewoks against the Empire. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like I remember the Rebels fighting on Endor against the Empire anymore. Like, that mm. battle on Endor, you say Endor, it's like the Ewoks against the Empire. Yeah. yeah. And watching these little teddy bears, I don't have personal stakes in that. It's not like the Rebels fighting for humanity to save, like, you know, people, basically. It's yeah. Ewoks, like, doing these funny things to take down... Things like it's just, yeah, the whole like sub, subplot of C3PO becoming their god, and it's so stupid, it's so bad. I hate it, yeah, yeah. because it's yeah. obviously bringing in, it's trying to bring in sort of like that, that kind of like um environmentalist thing of like, oh, these old school tribes, or like that, that sense of like the classic tribe that has been untouched that still is in touch with nature is defeating these, these artificial machines, right? It's that real sense of, of yeah. nature versus, yeah, these mechanical things have lost their humanity and they're reclaiming it. But it's just so like the narrative is fine on a different film. It doesn't need to be here. It feels so out of place. It's like there's never been anything hinting at like the technology of the galaxy is problematic. No, it's no. not like like there's never not. a sense of yeah, like you know, machines are detrimental. There's never a sense of oh, planets are dying because of mining. It's not a part of this this universe. But then yeah. there's this weird like ah, they've been they've been felled by the one thing they destroyed, nature. Nature. The Why? thing, it ain't no bloody ants marching on Isengard, like no. industrialization yeah. against like nature. That film, it fits in that. This is not that story to tell when yeah. they're then hopping in a spaceship and flying to another planet. Like it's yeah. not, yeah. it's not the thing for that. While there's a Death Star yeah. floating out there, but um, and just, yeah, and obviously, yeah, they do another Death Star, and I feel like it's just so much like we did that in the first one. Let's do that again because that's a cool way to. F- Send this off. I feel yeah. like, but I'm like, I'm okay with the Death Star. Like what I said before, yeah. it, it's a nice, it's a throwback to the original. It's, it's, it ends where it starts, and it's kind of cool having it half built. But it's like, oh, but yeah. it's still opera, like it's still it looks cool, operational, it looks yeah, built. really cool aesthetic. Um, yeah. I mean, where do you, where do you go from a planet that can destroy other planets? Though, like, what, how do you one up that? It's really hard to they do. do. We'll get to that in two podcast time. But I like I don't Star know that they, I don't know that a they do it as system. well. So they take out a solar system at once. I don't know. Have you guys seen Clerks? No. No. There's a very infamous discussion in there where they talk about Return of the Jedi and how killing the original Death Star, right, is okay because everyone on there is everyone on there is evil, they're working for the Empire. But in a half built Death Star You've got laborers, <laughs> tradesmen, engineers, mechanics. You've got people. You've just got people going to work for the day, and so there's this. They have this long discussion where they're like, "They're rebel. It's it's a really bad thing they do. They actually commit almost like you know this mass genocide. innocent genocide of just yep. workers. You know, people with their families probably there on like a six month working contract. Yep. And it's like, wow, that's yeah. 
a lot of problematic stuff that people just don't anticipate. Especially because, like, it seems like the Empire in in this universe is like the government. Like, you know, like the Republic's been taken out. Like, stormtroopers are the police in these places. So people, like, you can't just assume that every stormtrooper is pure evil when it's like people just working, like, I'm going to join the military. They're joining the Empire. You know, it's just these these rebel scum that come and destroy them all. Um, Something that we didn't touch on in the first film, but it's relevant for all three films. It's so hilarious to me that in the first film, the first thing they talk about with stormtroopers is how, like, only Imperial stormtroopers could be so precise with this shooting. (laughs) And then literally, you don't see a stormtrooper shoot anything for the next three films. It's kind of, like, obviously it's a meme now all these years later. But watching it again, it's literally like, they can't shoot shit. Like, there's all these scenes of Luke standing there in the doorway shooting back at them, and there's, like, 50 stormtroopers, and there's bullets flying everywhere. They don't can't hit shit at all, and then Luke yeah. takes them out like by shooting them one at a time. Like it's they they're, are really, not very trained. They're definitely just fodder. Like it does really stand out how little impact they have in any mm. fight. Any fight that they're involved in, they do yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. And like I have heard people say, "Oh, it's it's because the Empire's in decline." You know, these aren't the original clones that they had. They're recruits, and they're not as good. But it's it still doesn't make sense that none of them can shoot. It's it's bad. None of them can shoot, but Luke no. Skywalker and. Princess Leia can shoot better just than fine. Yeah, these yeah. more trained soldiers. I mean, it's okay for most of it because it's like, again, this film's kind of, this, it's kind of like a lighthearted adventure. If you take it into a serious direction, it really falls apart. Yeah. But, but then on the other hand, this film goes too far the other way. You can you can really smell that, like the merchandising and the, the family. 100%. And you tell like there's specials in the works and like, okay, we can do something big here. And they're just yeah. really going away from like what's important. It's like, no, you can have teddy bears now. And, yep. oh, this this fun adventure where they're all playing a a, a song with, yeah. I mean, just I was just reading on Wikipedia earlier, like, Kurtz wanted a bittersweet and nuanced ending outlined with Lucas that not only that not only saw Han dead, but also depicted the rebel forces in pieces, Leah struggling as a queen, and Luke walking off alone, while Lucas wanted a happier ending, partly to encourage toy sales. It's yeah. just like, that yeah. just tells tells Jesus. the whole story, doesn't it? That's so sad, man. Truly. What like, imagine how storytelling. Good, how good would that have been? Hard dead, Luke alone is like the wandering warrior. Yeah. Wandering Jedi and yeah, Leia struggling with like politics and being a queen. I mean, and now she's lost a man. It's almost the, the situation that we pick up on in the next trilogy, like in the, the, the sequel trilogy yeah. to this one. That's basically where they, yeah. they take it. But Yeah. Because that's kind of thing. These films are always, they're always like good overcoming evil. And they always start with a, like a dire situation. And just the the aspiration for good and for restoring balance. And balance is a big theme in the whole universe, right? The dark and the light is always... It's never meant to be one or the other. It's always meant to be a struggle. Yeah. And so there is always that sense of it starts dark and then it's rebalancing it to goodness mostly. But it's they're, they're working together. And yeah, the Jedi has that tonal issue of everyone is just, just too damn happy. It's just too damn friendly. Yeah. And too damn like, how how great is it that teddy bears could defeat this thing like... Yeah, it just makes you lose any sort of like what they like you said before, Luke's like there's no stakes. Like were they ever evil? Or are they just idiots who their machines can't beat sticks, like <laughs> or rocks or just Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame because the first half of this film is so good. Besides the bad singing, but like the yeah. whole part back on Tatooine is is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the film it's really let down by by the second half and the Ewok battles. You got um you got Yoda passing, obviously, in this one. Um and that whole the whole thing, obviously, we find out Luke and Leia, brother and sister, 
Yeah, I want to know what the thoughts were there. Did he ever intend this to happen? Was that was that kiss just? I wouldn't think unlucky or kiss in with. I don't know. Maybe it's hard to know. It's hard to know what he was thinking because it's like even Darth Vader being his father wasn't the plan from the first film. Like, yeah, it's definitely written on the fly. Somehow it works pretty well overall, but there's definitely a few things like that that just like, yeah, yeah, don't work so well. Even like when Luke's like, "You lied to me. You said my father is dead," and he's like, "Technically, I didn't lie." Because yeah. Darth Vader, the it's Anakin like, as I knew, died when yeah, Darth, like, Vader. Darth Vader killed your father. So technically, <laughs> when I told you that, I was telling the truth. Actually, I didn't lie to you, Luke. Don't give me the attitude. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, yeah, we get the celebration. The Death Star dies. We get. It was just originally the Ewok celebration. Now we get five or six different planets that are all like bad yeah. CGI, and of course, it's, we yeah. get Jar Jar Binks's people. Going, we are free, and it's like, ah, oh, I don't want that in this celebration. Right. And we got that planet. We got all the other people, like badly CGI celebrating. I wonder um, how do they how do they know that they're free? Like, does every planet have a live stream? <laughs> yeah, they watched it on on YouTube. Like, did Darth Vader update before he dies? Is like letting str- you know, Emperor is dead. Status. Yeah. Strong, Change like, of heart. Strong journalism. Journalism sector in, in Star Wars. <laughs> The rebels prioritize two things: rebelling and journalism. Yeah. Right. Um, and and that's the thing. Like, it's just I don't know. It's weird that that happens. There's the whole Ewok thing, and then obviously we get what Colonel was touched on earlier: Hayden Christensen. Think about the the internal logic of this. Luke has never seen young Darth Vader. He no. only knows Darth Vader or his father, Anakin, and as Sebastian Shaw, like as yeah. an old bald dying man. And so he's just looking here. Alex Guinness is still there looking old. Yoda's still old. And for some reason, there's this young dude there. And he's just like, and yeah, he's like, my dad. I'm like, what the hell? What? Like, it bothers me as well that, like, they they literally, it's still Sebastian Shaw's body. Yeah, it's like, just the it's that body. They thinned it down, and they've got Hayden Christensen's head from a costume video when he was trying on a costume. And he's just standing there like, Looking up and smiling at him, he doesn't look at the people that like the force ghosts that are with him. He's just there standing, there, and they've put his head over the body. Yeah. And it's like, why did you do that? Yeah. Like, what like, does it like? I think part of the the idea is it's like, oh, this is Anakin, right? Like, this is this is Luke's this father, is, but it takes away from the redeeming at the, the end, yeah. where yeah, yeah. where you know Darth Vader decides to stand up and become Luke's father again. I guess, but yeah, then he's bad. Anakin again. He becomes Anakin then, and yeah. it's like. You have that moment with this thing, and it's touching, and he dies in his arm, and that like yeah. they they burn him, and then he shows up, and it's not him anymore. It's yeah. he's de-aged. He's like, oh shit, yeah, <laughs> it's I got so, my whole body back. It's again. It's egregious because Sebastian Shaw in the original final scene, like he's got a really nice smile. It's like it's really kind of warming. It's like oh, he's got he, he's got he doesn't look like Darth Vader. He doesn't have yeah. all like the yeah, yeah imperfections. So it's really really sort of beautiful to have that moment it's like oh he has come around and just oh it's so frustrating that part i remember not knowing that they'd done that like because i obviously seen the original like back yeah. when when they had yeah so. there. and i remember just sitting there when oh, i was it would have been the blu-rays come out and you're sitting there being like what the fuck like <laughs> why is hayden christensen there i was like what's going on like this is this is really weird i don't know what's going on when did they do this and luke it's just like luke awkward this one i was like 
Yeah, that's my that's my dad when he was younger than me. <laughs> I had the same thought because I saw it again. Yeah, same deal after the prequels, and I was I remember thinking at first like they must have had really good foresight to know that they were going to get a young dude like it. I was like, it must have just looked a lot like. <laughs> I just assumed it was a lookalike, or like this guy who they got Hayden Christensen based off this performance. Yeah. Like, wow, they they really look similar. That's great casting, but too much credit. Don't like it at all. Don't Terrible. like it a bit. And it does a disservice to like Sebastian's tour. Like they erase yeah. him people from this shit, and it's just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's the same as Boba Fett. Like they, there's these people who. Though they were those characters for thirty years, they were going yeah. to conventions like I'm Boba Fett, and you know what? Completely edited out. They yeah. don't exist there anymore. Like you're right, like the, the original Boba Fett doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's kind of no. nuts to think about it, right? Yeah. I mean, look. Despite all that, I think the ending scene is really like the party scene is really emotional. Even watching it again, I'm like, that's oh, really nice seeing like the Ewoks all celebrate and they kind of had their moment where Luke and Han and Leia all hug and it's like, oh. I don't know. It's it's warm and fuzzy. I still get warm and fuzzies despite all the, the problematic things. It's nice nice to have all the family together. Yeah, but um, yeah, because <laughs> that's what this trilogy is, right? Like that's one of the reasons why they're so they're such like a long lasting film. That they've just got a really good sense of friendship and family, and like even though a lot of them are family, which is kind of creepy. It's just it's that I mean, that's what we'll get into in other pod, like the other episodes where it's like everything is around this bloodline. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. no one else can exist outside of this, which is frustrating because because part of the magic is like the found family. You have Han come in and he becomes a, a lover to Leia and a brother to Luke, and it's like, and you you feel that like again, Chewie's like the lovable uncle who can't really talk, but everyone still thinks he's funny. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's got a good payoff. Like they hit the emotional beats in these films really well, even when a lot of other stuff doesn't stand up. They can still nail it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I am um, like, if we talk, I easily think this is the worst, like Griner said, of the original trilogy. I have it. Yep. Empire, New Hope, um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Do you guys agree? Yeah. I don't think it's up. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. I do think it's a bit of a debate. I, some, I can see why people would like New Hope more. Um, yeah. But well, on this rewatch, especially, the Empire Strike Back is tops. Yep. It's yeah, very very good. Really yeah. def- defined how to do a, a middle film in a trilogy, I think, because often they're so weak. But yeah, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, it doesn't happen much. Um, before we forget, Dennis Franz, but not Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> oh, well, I want him to be Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Who do you cast him as? Grand Moff Tarkin. Put him, put him as one of the real real bad guys. <laughs> Like a beat cop, <laughs> like Chicago beat cop thing with Darth Vader. A stormtrooper takes his helmet off. He's like, "Oh, what's happened here?" Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Owen, maybe. Yeah, Uncle Owen's works. Yeah, yeah. Only one Uncle film. Owen. Or just any of the pilots. Like all the pilots in this are just like middle-aged. Yeah, they are pretty, he- pretty heavy spent <laughs> men, which always makes me laugh. Biggs, Hawkins, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> um, like every pilot, Dennis Franz. With a different facial hair. <laughs> Slightly different. He's one big family. They're the pilot family. <laughs> He's just, he just populating the whole rebel <laughs> fleet. Yeah, the huts do crimes in the... <laughs> <laughs> the Francis do. They do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Admiral Akbar's tops too. I don't, yeah, I don't, it's a trap. He's a terrible it's character. Such a meme. No way. He's great. He's a squid man. He's so dumb. And yeah, just like, it's a trap. Yes, yes, we know that. <laughs> um, 
just uh, just one line I just have to mention. I just cracks me up. Like Luke, um, when they're saying talking about the original Death Star and like we can't hit that. It's this tiny little weakness, and obviously it's this such a um, what do you call it? MacGuffin or whatever. Like it's this small thing they can just hmm. shoot this little point and it'll destroy it all. And Luke's like, no, we can. I used to shoot swamp rats with just my BP gun. Like, I can destroy this whole ship by shooting it flying at a high speed. Of course I can. It's the same thing. Thanks, farm boy. You're right. (laughs) I'm a pilot in the war. Maybe there was an environmental message in this from the beginning that farmers are the ones who save the world. Yeah, I'm coming coming around. He didn't even want to be a farmer, though. He's like, oh, not one more harvest. Everyone's already left off world, Dad. That's why he doesn't care when his dad gets disintegrated, man. He's like, I, no, screw Uncle, you. Uncle Owen's a little bit of a dick to him. He's just like, I want to see my friends. He's like, no, you're staying here to harvest. Oh, come on, man. You live on a desert planet. <laughs> Give the kid a break. Works in fair, I think he, he knows that his, his father was like a mass murderer that murdered hundreds of people. Does he know that? So, I don't know. That, trying to dissect Yeah, we'll get to that to the next podcast. We'll get to that to the next podcast. Yeah. 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 I guess so. Because it's at the end of that one. Yeah. Joel Legerton. All right. Yeah. So real quick, I have I have a question. Do you guys, if you had to pick the complete unedited, unchanged Star Wars, or take it with all the edits down, which would you, which would you take? Because there are some effects unedited. that are just entirely unedited. Easily. Yeah. Unedited. Yep. Yep. I think I think that There's... you're right. There are some effects that do add to it, but I think they're few and far between, and the amount that subtracts from it is way more. It's just because. Mm. You can take it as a capsule in time and be like, look, this movie is 50 years old. Like, of course, it's not going to look that great. But when you put CGI in from early 2000s over the top yeah. of it, there's a weird contrast where all of a sudden it's like, that should look better. Like, the CGI yeah. looks worse than the Muppet characters in the background, like the physical effect ones. Like, mm. it literally looks worse. And obviously, early 2000s, they were like, this looks amazing, but it doesn't. And it it yeah. stands out so much. And it it really bothered me watching these again, but I, I feel like it's such a hindrance to these films and yeah. does them a discredit. The other annoying thing is I was, I was watching it like, man, these ships like flying through look so good. And I'm like, but did they touch that up? Like, am I proud of this because it was done so well back in 1977? Or, yeah. or am I just succumbing to the small effects that they did and these are the actual good ones that aren't standing out? And like, just, that's, I don't know, it messes with your expectations. You're right. Yeah, that's very true. Because there are some effects that they look better. And I, I don't know if I'm... You can't appreciate the. I see. You don't even know. Are you appreciating the original? Are you appreciating something new? There's some good comparisons on YouTube. I've seen that. Uh, what it feels like, a lot of the ship effects were pretty good back in the day. It seems no, like they what were, they did. Yeah. It seems like what they did was just add more ships in. Like yeah. there's certain scenes where like they're being chased, and they just added like four more in there with them. Like, yeah. and there's, there's a bunch of things like. like you'll see a part where like three ships just move in a line and then they add it in. So they kind of like spiral around in a formation and it's yeah. like, it looks a bit cooler, and, but it also looked perfectly fine before that. But there's a bunch of times as well where you see the same shot, like two or three times, like yeah. it'll be like a ship, like in like a chase scene. And then yeah. like four seconds later, it's the same shot again. <laughs> like they just keep using the same thing. Um, oh, there, there was something I wanted to touch on just then that, that just reminded me of it, but I've forgotten now. There's something anyway. Oh, well, it's gone. All right. The other question I just wanted to ask is, if you imagine you saw just these three films, would you want to be like, man, I need to know what happened before this and I need to know what happens after? Or would you then, and I mean, do you now, do you think it would have been better just leave it as this trilogy? 
we're facing a time of too much I mean, Star Wars. Foresight's a, a thing. Yep. If if we want to know it before, does it mean we have to get what the prequels are? Because it's like, I don't know, if we could have got three more Empire Strikes Back quality movies, then I don't know. But I, I always wanted a sequel. Like, I was always super keen to see what happened after that and to know what, the, what these characters I loved. Um, but, yeah. There's, there's also something very intriguing about that opening crawl. Like, it sets up a universe. There's obviously things that have happened that you don't, yeah. Well, obviously, we didn't get to see until they make the prequels, and so I think yeah. that there's something in that to be like, I want to, you know, I want to actually experience that rather than just reading this crawl. So I feel like yeah. we'll we'll get into it when we discuss the prequels. There's, it's like a weird thing where it's like this is set 50 years before them, but it feels like it's way further in the future. Like it feels yeah. like you know everything's way more advanced. Like like Jedi battles are way more like crazy, and like everyone's got. And like lightsabers have two ends. reasons. Yeah. Like it's, that's, it's, yeah, because that's what the technology at the time was, but it doesn't yeah. suit as a prequel. But yeah. That's, that's part of the reason like that I ask it. And like thinking about the whole, you know, does this need to be, or does this deserve to be a trilogy? Well, I think it, yeah, the prequels become really disjointing. And like that, that lightsaber fight in the, in the first one looks terrible compared to the Darth Maul fight scene. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, what happened? Did everyone lose the ability to like, and all the all the droids look a lot stranger when it's like we've seen how good they are. Why do they now look weird and hokey? And I don't, I like you said, foresight is a you know, hindsight's a big thing. Um, I don't really know what my expectations would be without it. But I'm like, this trilogy works so well as a self-contained thing. You got a great beginning, yeah. middle, end. You've got a great yeah. like. It is in a broader universe, so you know there's lots to it. But that's so much of the mystery and the magic, as we've established. Like characters work better when they're not explained. Yeah. And as much as I enjoy, I enjoyed going to the later films and the movies and experiencing them. I probably would have. Pref- I, I feel like I would have preferred to just have these three things. Like, wow, three perfect films. I wonder what it could have been. Yeah, it's not I mean, like, sorry, you go, you go. No, no, I'm going to close. So you better say what you want to say. Um, no, okay. <laughs> so yeah, two things. I'll just say, I feel like, and we'll get into this in the next one. The sequel does a lot of stuff that retroact, like retroactively ruined stuff in this trilogy like stuff with the force midichlorians um stuff with stormtroopers and clone troopers and boba fett being a clone of Django. like we'll get into it next time but there's a lot of stuff they add into it that i feel like brings down stuff in this and the last yeah. thing the thing i forgot a few minutes ago i just remembered it like talking about what they added in with a few more things or whatever there's that scene in a new hope where um, Han Solo is chase just runs at the stormtroopers and chases them down the hallway. Yeah, it's really funny. Like he just mm. starts yelling, then goes into that room where there's like two hundred of them. Yeah, so originally like that's a room of like four or five. Yeah, and they just they added five hundred stormtroopers in that, in that room. But yeah, yeah. That was, that that's a, a funny choice. scene with him just chasing him down and then yeah. and then running back again. It's funny. Yeah, Han Solo is great. Thing coming out of that this trilogy, Harrison Ford is tops. Absolutely, too right. Too right. All right. Well, that wraps up our first 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 podcast in our trilogy of podcasts about Star Wars. So next time we'll do the uh, the prequel trilogy followed by the sequel trilogy. You guys, I'm so keen to watch the prequel trilogy. I don't think I've seen them since I saw them in the cinemas. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I, I'm very intrigued to watch them. I feel like I haven't seen them in a long time. I so. definitely haven't seen them since they became a meme. Memes. Yep. 
I might. Hey, it might be like Spider Man three and Spider Man two. Like, like not Spider Man two, Spider Man three, where you just have this newfound appreciation because of the maybe. Things. I'm excited for like a revision of it because I think they've been going through a bit of that revision now. But where yeah. I'm curious I to am, see, yeah, what, what stands up. I am keen for Ewan McGregor and Qui Gon Jinn because they're tops. Yeah. And little young, little Anakin speed racing and Darth Maul, Ray Pack, so good. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the Good, the Bad, and the Worst. Our podcast is brought to you by our very own Conan's book, uh, A Taste of Iron. It's here somewhere. Someone got it there somewhere. Yeah. I should put mine in this room, The Taste of Iron. So pick that up on Amazon Amazon eBooks, or we have physical copies if you get in touch with us. Um, thank you for joining us on the Good, the Bad, and the Worst, and we'll catch you next time. May the force be with you. I can't follow that up.